0: Oh. <laughs> Sports Radio 560, WQAM Miami-Fort Lauderdale presents The Best of Neil Rogers. No live calls will be taken today. Neil is on tape. Okay, that's tape for mini-disc, but he's not here. Please don't call. The opinions heard on the Neil Rogers Show are those of the host and callers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Beasley Media Acquisitions or the Beasley Broadcast Group, its management, or anyone else for that matter. Now remember, this is The Best of Neil. Do not call. Put the damn phone down. Just relax and enjoy it on
1: 560 UAM. In the 50s, Robert Young made people laugh in Father Knows Best. Now, this great series is back, starring a few Catholic priests who like it young, in the return of Father Knows Best. Step into the confessional, Billy.
2: I don't know, Father. This makes the 47th time I've been in there this week.
1: Oh, Billy, you want to be a good Catholic, don't you?
2: Yeah, but does everybody get a spanking? <laughs>
3: Father knows best. It's the Vatican's best-kept secret, and you've got a private seat for all the fun. Just enter the rectory from the rear.
1: All right, Billy boy, it's time for your flute lesson.
3: But, Father, your
1: flute has only one hole, and it doesn't make any noise. Oh, it will, Billy. It will! it <laughs> will!
3: Father Knows That. Once you've seen this new sitcom, you'll wonder why you've never heard about it.
1: Let me introduce you to St. Peter.
3: Father Knows That. Going to church may not seem very entertaining, but there really
1: is something funny going on here.
4: So anyway, where's that story? Priest suit amicably resolved. Not another one of these damn priest stories you're going to start with, especially when La Papa is down there in uh, Cuba. and And isn't that interesting how he brought them just what they needed, a good stern lecture. Not food, not medication, not like uh, <laughs> not like anything. Just a little uh, shaky finger waving. See, we're doing it right, George. You got to like it's got to shake and the finger too. Priest suit amicably resolved. Woman seeking counseling said she was seduced. The lawsuit that began a year ago with an unnamed plaintiff claiming that she had been seduced by a prominent priest and that a movie deal was in the works ended on Thursday with an undisclosed agreement to dismiss the case. Attorneys for the Reverend Thomas Spouty. I think it's Footy. Don't you think Footy had something to do with this?
5: How's it spelt?
4: F O O T Y.
5: F-O-U-D-Y, okay? It is pronounced foodie.
4: It's foodie? Foodie, Father Foodie. He's not on our show anymore? Pastor of St. Colman Catholic Church in Pompano Beach and Alinka Sullivan. Oh, what a name that is, huh? Alinka, the slinka of Lighthouse Point said in a court hearing that a lawsuit had been amicably resolved was being dismissed, the case is over, nobody would say whether any money would change hands, that's it, absolutely not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole, and don't... owe me $50. And that's the end of that, okay? So obviously he didn't do nothing, and the Pope is down there giving a big lecture about uh, don't, don't stop making lots of babies. See, it's kind of like a catch-22. And the thing that I found the most astonishing and amazing of all of this Cuba stuff was uh, buried in the middle of this story. It says, The Pope's words echoed among many Cubans who have long talked about a moral crisis, a majority of couples in Cuba are not married and merely live together, which I think is all the more reason why there shouldn't be no birth control, right? That's why they got to keep making babies. And as a matter of fact, in 1990, only 34% of all babies in Cuba were born to married women. 66% were married to women who are not. Uh, were born, like I said. 66% were the, born to women who are not probably married. Tracking up, though, huh? You don't think El Duche was one of those, do you? That's got those two daughters back there, although he is not concerned about bringing them here because they're not uh, married anyway. Oh, yes, there are still many sporadic couplings. You know, if uh, it says <laughs> about 23% of all official marriages in 1995 ended in divorce. Well, that's a lot better than in this country where over 50% end in divorce. The deal over there is they just don't get married. But the Pope says, oh, this message of his, man, it is so typical, this Stone Age crap. He says, the family, the fundamental cell of society and the guarantee of its stability, nonetheless experiences the crises which are affecting society itself. This happens when married couples live in economic or cultural systems which, under the guise of freedom and progress, promote or even defend an anti-birth mentality and thus induce couples to have recourse to methods of regulating fertility which are incompatible with human dignity. Oy! Let me read that one last thing. Induce couples to have recourse to methods of regulating fertility which are incompatible with human dignity. In other words, birth control. Oh, no. There is even, says Il pa- La Papa, and acceptance of abortion, which is always, in addition to being an abominable crime, a senseless impoverishment of the person and society itself. See, you see how this all feeds on itself. In other words, no birth control, so a lot more unwanted pregnancies, so a lot more abortions. It's like a, you know, it's a self-perpetuating nightmare, or at least that's what they make it into. It's like they know that everybody wants to do it a lot, so they, by telling you that it's all sinful and all uh, hateful, then they make you to come there on their knees and speak to all the priests and the altar boys, etc., and so on, because they know that you're going to keep doing it. So it's a, it's like getting caught in a an endless web, in a wicked web. It's like a rat running around like a hamster or a gerbil running around inside that thing. Wrecked them so, forever. So thanks a lot, La Papa, for bringing those plane loads and plane loads of food and clothing and uh, medication. Toilet and, paper. And toilet, exactly. Sanitary toilet, they don't need toilet paper. We know the story. You already told us. They reuse it over and over and over again.
1: <laughs> you put it in that little box. That's to
4: throw it away. No, you put it in there and you let it get kind of stiff, and then after it... Oh, uh, oh yeah. Oh. We, hey, aren't we into recycling? Well, there yeah. are two sides to uh, each... That's each right, two sides to every story in the Naked City. If it's good enough for the Ruskies, man, they keep folding it over and over and over again. There's nothing worse than real thin toilet paper. I really respect a good place. You go into a restaurant, and you've got to take a real bath, and you go into the... Dr- uh see it go into the John. What a terrible thing that is. You go into the Turlet, and... uh if the toilet paper is good, like thick and cushy, I respect that place. Even if the food sucks, at least they got something going. But you go into a public place and, uh, or any place, even a place of work, and they got real thin, crappy toilet paper where your fingers go through, you know, that mm.
5: is... Single that, ply.
4: Oh man, well, single ply? They would, they would take that down there. In fact, why not start sending it down there? Castro is full of crap. Let's not, why not start sending him a whole bunch of uh, toilet paper? Let's send Mr. In fact, Mr. Whipple would have done more for them down there than the goddamn Pope. I'll tell you that right now. Now, Al Goldstein didn't say that the Pope takes it up the rectum yesterday, did he? I think he did. Al Goldstein, yesterday, last night, I have a report on Al Goldstein, and I only wish that we had, you know, a studio in here that worked with a microphone that really worked. So the last two days, when I really had some living and breathing people in here, you could have heard them instead of my spending all the time uh, yanking it and twisting it and pulling it in the microphone, too. But we had a night at Pompano Park last night. There are still puddles, puddles under the table from people peeing their pants from listening to this man. He is so unbelievable, so outrageous, so uh, real. Here's a real guy, a real fat guy who says he... He would rather eat that Ben and Jerry's fish food. He hasn't even tasted it yet. He said he'll even give up sea instead of, uh, that's what he said. No, he would rather eat Ben and Jerry's than eat sea is what he said. And he's real big on eating sea. So there you go. But, uh, he ate, yes, he ate it all. He had, uh, he, he sat down. I mean, they were there at the crack of six o'clock last night. And his wife, which she isn't really his wife because they're living in sin. Fiancé. His fiance. That's a very nice word. Rose. Who's in a very beauty. nice, very lovely person. How she ever got it hooked up with him? She wants to have a great sense of humor. Oh, I see. Big bucks. No, but she's a lawyer, though. I think she's the one that's got even the bigger bucks. But she's very nice. And they got there right at the crack of six. And I'm sitting there eating my French onion soup, okay? Which I love at the track. They got great French onions. Oh, that spot's coming up. And uh, so, well, I'm working my way into it. And so he wants his spaghetti and meatballs because Thursday is Italian night at Pompano Park. So they bring a, a huge thing of spaghetti and meatballs. But then all of a sudden he looks to see what I mean. Oh, what's that? French onion soup. Well, I'm gonna have that too. And he had the soup. And he had the huge bowl of spaghetti and meatballs. And he had like two desserts. I think he had his and he had roses. And then the whole discussion, basically, other than the fact about how much he'd rather eat food than. Was uh, about uh, Amsterdam, of course, which he loves a lot, and about food. Right. Th- this was much better than the scene in Fatso. I mean, we were just dying. Just absolutely dying up there. And then he gives Fat Rich a couple of hundred bucks here. You know, make me a few bets. I have no interest in any of that. He's not even looking out on the track. And now the the urge just got to him too much. They had to get up and leave so they could make a quick run after like one or two races. He's not interested. we got to go to Publix to check out that fish food. I wouldn't be surprised if like 1230 in the morning they were still going around to all-night supermarkets, Albertsons, looking for Ben and Jerry's fish food, which is the best, by the way. The man is absolutely
1: unbelievable,
4: incredible. I think only in Miami and Aintree, Georgia, would you open up the lo- a local newspaper, as in a physician, a local newspaper, like the goddamn Herald, and read a letter to the editor like this. See, they leave the Herald downstairs, and they figure, why even let it sit down there? Might as well pick it up since it's for free. And mm-hmm. since we're in Florida, if it's for free, we'll take it. And so I'm browsing through it here this morning, and here's a letter to the editor. Now, you can imagine how many letters to the editors they get from all these goofballs that are just totally off the wall that Nobody would ever put in there. It says, it's not accepted, is the heading. And the letter says, this is from Andres G. Manrara in Miami. I congratulate the Cayman government. It would have been much easier to have allowed this gay cruise, but the government chose to stand up for what is right and moral. For some time now, homosexuals have been pushing their agenda, seeking acceptance as normal when they are not. We can look to the Old Testament when God punished homosexual behavior in Sodom and Gomorrah. I hope that more governments, corporations, and institutions would draw courage and energy from the Cayman government's example. Andres G. Manrara in Miami. And what do we all think? Of Andres G. That damn faggot. I
2: can't stand him.
4: Okay, so anyway, it's ten seventeen. I thought I would just bring that to your attention, that our newspaper, that the Miami Herald, which is like all over them. By the way, lots and lots of fags working over there, I understand. I understand it's like a fruit farm over there at the Herald, and I hear that from very good authority right on the inside. And then, of course, we got this bitch. We got this uh, Monica Lewinsky bitch, who is not 21, by the way. She's 24. They had her down about like uh, 14, 15 years old by the time they got through with all this hyperventilating. I mean, talk about a little bit of overreaction and hysteria. Just hysteria, and we know that none of this is being done for political purposes. We're positive about that. But, you know, the problem is not the fact that the president is horny. All of our presidents have been horny. Even George Bush, just look at the name, implies, right? All of our presidents have been horny, except maybe Franklin Pearson. There's lots of speculation. We know what he was doing. But the fact is that this president evidently is a lot dumber than we thought he was. That's where the problem comes in. And wouldn't you think if you're the president of the goddamn U.S. and you, I mean, she's another one with a real fat puss, and her face ain't much either. So, you know, the president just can't keep it in his pants, and you as I started to say, you'd think that they could bring him whoever he wanted. I mean, this has been going on for years, you know, very discreetly and quietly, and uh, mum's the word, so to speak. Hum is the word. But not this president. I mean, if he sees it and he likes it, he wants it, he does it, and then uh, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, and then loose lips sink ships. Let me tell you about a place that's number one in this town, that is for great family-style Italian
3: food, Pizza you. I have just tasted your snapper. <laughs>
1: Correct So well, we were out on our first date after eating at a Mexican cafe. While we were driving in my car, she let one go that almost blew us both away. I asked her to cut the cheese, then she turned around to look at me and said, girl, don't part. I a Girls don't fart, but I do The odor permeated through my clothes and in my hair And so I rolled the windows down so I could get some air It smelled like something died in there Girls don't fart <laughs> Girl don't part. she kept on telling me that girls don't part. but I do. I heard another deadly squirt, then I held my nose and covered it with my shirt. I turned around to get her back, It just a matter of time, before another attack. So I asked that she was okay That she looked at me And all she had to say was Girls don't fart Oh right. Girls don't fart Because I never need a girls Don't fart But I do Girls don't fart Girls don't fart Because I never need a girls Don't fart Okay. But I do. <laughs> okay. The reason
4: I played that right there is George, during the uh, previous break, was hocking me As he was leafing through, pouring through these uh, boxes of videos in here, uh, some of these anal-oriented ones, and I said, having uh, had hemorrhoids for three and a half months, I'm not interested in hearing or looking or even thinking about any of these anal invasions, Okay. Remember that first, there was the British invasion, and then we had the anal invasion. And then he goes into this big song and a dance about how women's rectums are so much more uh, cleaner and uh, pinker well, and more really lovely and hygienic. What?
5: I can only imagine.
4: Oh, yeah, okay.
5: Yeah, you, I, I, you can can't only can't imagine. Compare.
4: Get out of here, you can't compare. You're working right i put a mirror down there. asses than uh, Carter's Got Liver Pills. Well,
5: I saw Al's yesterday. Let me tell
4: you. <laughs> well, you've got a standard to go by. I guess you've got a point now. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God, the thought of that. Right, at, right before lunchtime, too, and he's telling me about Al Goldstein. Oh, jeez. Man, oh, man. Talk about heaving gigantic mounds. Anyway, uh, uh, Jeff Gordon, NASCAR driver, uh, three days ago. How come we only get this now? This was in the paper on Tuesday, and I missed it. Must have been mighty important. In an, outside, uh, uh, an announcement that some insiders say is not really a big surprise, NASCAR defending champion Jeff Gordon uh, this week came out of the closet with the proclamation that he is proud to be gay. Speaking at a lunching gathering of Atlanta hairstylists,
2: <laughs>
4: he made the proclamation: "I'm still the same person. I've always made a big effort to get really close with these guys, and that's not going to change." Yeah, I bet he has. Especially that French. What's that French race car driver? You'd know it. Jacques Villeneuve is that his name? Come on, George, you got to know sure something. Know these things, huh? Get out of here. He probably wants to get close to him. However, some of Gordon's competitors do not share his optimism. I figure that NASCAR fans will drop him like last week's fish and bait says seven-time Winston Cup champion Dale Earnhardt. Hell, he'll probably have to go to Formula One racing to be accepted. This is a bubba crowd. The only damn thing they want, homo, is their milk. Penske driver Rusty Wallace was a bit more to the point. I'll run over any little bitch that'd rather suck a schwantz than a siphon hose. How do you like that, huh? That's Rusty Pe- Wallace who said that. Maybe he's kin to George Wallace. And then I got this fax from a Mike. Now, can you think this is for real? I'm not going to read his last name on here because I'm too embarrassed for it, although in the tight end it means stench. But at any rate, he says, what can I do with you? Why do you continue to bash the Catholic religion and the Pope? You say you bash all religions, but I never hear you talk about any others. Do you fear what you don't understand? I never talk about any others like I wasn't talking about the ceiling like, house. See them on an record call just the other day and about how they were rocking back and forth there at the Wailing Wall. And we were talking about the uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventist and the Jehovah's Witnesses. We're talking about Catholics because it's in the news. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think that we had a seventh day Adventist just go to see Fidel or we had uh uh Jaime uh Schwartzman go there from Israel or somewhere. We had the Pope, god damn it, he's there. That's why I'm talking about it, you idiot. Why bash the church for a few priests who have done wrong? Oh give me a break a few priests who have done wrong. You are so brainwashed, my Catholic friend out there. I I feel badly for you. I feel bad that you, your brain has been so uh so closed and so rotted. By years and years of brainwashing and conditioning, it's time you get yourself a new conditioner. Like Prell would be good. He says, remember, they are human. Okay, human we can deal with. It's just like Al Presidente. We don't mind human. Hypocrites and liars, those are the ones that, of course, then the ones who are always finger-pointing. Oh, this is sinful, even though we're doing it. And God only knows how many altar boys. Should every president, past, and future be considered bad because of a few bad ones? How can you judge an entire entity on a few bad people? Look at the whole picture. How you spell whole, Mike? As in, wreck them. And I still, I Mike's by the way doesn't have the name of any straight priest in here, not one. We're still waiting for the name of one straight priest. He says the Pope is the leader of the Church, the Church Jesus Christ started two thousand years ago. And again, you're wrong, Mike. Jesus Christ didn't start any church. Okay,
5: he already belonged to one. He was very happy. Yeah, his
4: uh, he was a Jew. He was a Jew boy. Okay, his uh, buddy Paul Saul, whatever you we are calling him this week, Alan Saul, I think from Pompano Beach, he started it. He says, all I ask is for a little compassion, a little rachmonis, I think is the word he's looking for. I love your show. You're very intelligent and entertaining. But when you continue to talk like you do about the Catholic religion, I have a tough time listening. Please give it some thought. God bless. (laughs) God bless. As in, get out of here, Mike, with this dribble, with this nonsense. And isn't it interesting how he says when you talk about the Catholic religion, he has a tough time listening. When we talk about the Mormons, he's loving it. He's, yeah, right on, that Joseph Smith, what an asshole. All religions are wrong except yours. Yeah, right. By definition. Exactly, of course. That's what makes it so ridiculous. I'm a puss of it, Mike. Because they're all man-made bullcrap. Mine is bigger than yours is. Mine is better than yours is. My God is better than, my God is more jealous than yours is. I mean, for crying out loud, how can any thinking person believe all this gobbledygook? They're still trying to figure out who really killed Kennedy. They're still trying to figure out what the hell is going on, how that TWA jet blew up out there. They they went through all those millions of dollars, and they pieced the thing together, and they gave us 8,000 press conferences, and they lied through their teeth, and nobody still knows what the hell really happened. But 2,000 years ago, this happened and that happened. Mike, go out and see the world. Get a life, okay? Just like those kids, the backstreet boys, that to me was one of the greatest breaths of fresh air when uh, Kevin and AJ were in here the other day, even with this bad microphone, and I began to realize that all that crap in that, uh, those liner notes in there, these guys, one of them is from West Palm, one is from Orlando, Nick Carter's from Tampa, and two of them are from Kentucky, including Kevin, who was standing right here, from Kentucky! Talk about Neanderthal. Okay, so needless to say, their upbringing was real, real ultra-religious, born-again, Bible-thumping, and yet you heard what they were talking about. They love Toronto. They love Amsterdam. They were they're in a red light district. There was a trip. They're all over the world, and they're amazed at how in Europe they have great sex education. People have much more progressive attitudes. They're not uptight. They're not living in this puritanical mindset. They don't give a crap about religion. They may go to church once in a while to make it look good. And like in Amsterdam, where there's the old church, the oldest church in town, and what surrounds the old church is the red light district. And nobody gives it a second thought. Nobody cares. Nobody's having a nervous breakdown. They're sitting in the cafes there. You can smell the aroma in the streets as you're walking by. They're smoking a little weed, a little hash, a little lumber here, whatever they're doing. And nobody gives a crap. And in this country, and there he is again. Here we go again on CNN. There's the Pope with his cane and the Schmatters and there's Fidel. Boy, what a marriage made in heaven that is. Two bullcrap artists. Which one's got the Tony? I mean, there is a perfect match. I think they ought to get, wouldn't it be something if they got married? I think that would be beautiful.
5: The uh, Pope can't get married.
4: That's what. yeah, neither can Fidel. He's too busy screwing around on the side. The Pope can't get married. My ass. If the Pope says he can get married, yeah, look at that. He's got they the YouTube. To. to.
5: It was one of the Popes decided. Well, they changed
4: their mind, just like Galileo, okay? First they said that he was a sinner, and he was going to burn in hell, and they should give him 8,000 lashes. And then they just said, uh, like, uh, hundreds of years after he died, they said, oh, by the way, guess what? You were right. The sun doesn't revolve around the earth. Oh, what a concept. As in, oh, right. All this archaic gobbledygook. Mike, I'm ashamed that you wasted a piece of paper. How many trees had to die? How many poor little trees had to die so that you could write me this piece of sputum on a piece of paper there? Please don't knock the cat, the Catholic religion. And why do you think we got all these young Julios who love this show? Not just because we're talking about, uh, things of a sexual nature on this program, which gets them highly emotional because they've been so repressed, but also because when they hear about what a bunch of bull crap this is, they're saying, yes! That's what they're saying! Yeah! They know it! They know it's all a bunch of horse-dropping, but poor Mike out there, this guy only wishes, he only prays in one little part of his mind. He only prays that he can emancipate his brain and think for himself about what, what a bunch of garbage this all is. But, hey, you're not supposed to say that because it's a happening, man. The Pope is there in Cuba and Fidel, how come all of a sudden Fidel's such a good guy now? Oh, yeah, and he's having second thoughts and he's becoming a spiritual man. Right, he's becoming very spiritual, make no mistake about it. Am I getting wound up here about what? What am I getting all worked up about? Because Mike sent me a stupid goddamn fax, and because this race car driver's a fag, and that other guy says something about Schwanzes and Tommy Wands, something like that. Here's Miami. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes.
1: I'm just going to call you to tell you about the, um, my brother died of AIDS in 1994, and he was a, he was gay. And um, when, he was the one of the best people you could ever imagine. He'd give you anything from his wallet. He'd keep, he would leave himself with nothing. He was a very good individual person, and I'd miss him dearly. And at his mass, we're Catholic. Well, I was a Catholic. Yeah. We're a Julio family, Right. and I was brainwashed since very young. I asked the priest at his burial at, at the cemetery, what's going to happen to my brother? Because we were always brainwashed that gay people go to hell and stuff. And he says, well, God will forgive him. And then I thought to myself and I said, Why should God forgive him? What did he ever do bad? Yeah. He he was such a good person. What did he, he ever
4: what did he ever do that your priest didn't do? They,
1: no, Yeah, but no, but seriously, I'm talking seriously. What did Just he do? So ever, am I. Well, okay. What did he ever do that was so bad? He he was a better person than a lot of straight people that I know. Right. And another thing, people they I am I'm, I'm straight. I got married at seventeen. But wow. people People. yeah. Well, I'll talk about a Catholic family. But well, you must
4: not be circumcised. I am. You are circumcised? <laughs> yes. Wow, boy, this, you know something, I gotta give a sitting ovation here for this audience today. We got a lot of clean people today. Thank God for this.
1: And what I'm, people are homophobic because they themselves are insecure of their own sexuality. That's right, you got they it. They don't, I mean, I am, I am open minded. I'm a university student and it doesn't bother me the least bit to see people that are gay hugging each other because I'm secure of my own sexuality. I don't care. You know, and I, I accepted my brother, and I didn't care, and I loved him, and I still love him to this day. And I got so pissed off when that priest told me, oh, God will forgive him. Forgive him for what? What did yeah. he do wrong? Having his own sexual preference? Uh, he was a good ask, individual. Ask
4: the priest if God is going to forgive him for being a liar and a hypocrite.
1: Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I no longer believe in that phony baloney mumbo-jumbo well, stuff. Well,
4: thank the Lord. And but I, here's we get the Jackpot, here's a young guy who's circumcised and has seen the light.
1: Well, I'm very open-minded. I'm 21 years old, and I'm open-minded. I... I have a, quite a few friends that are gay, you know, because right. my wife gets along with them very well. And uh, we are very open-minded people. And uh, another thing that I was going to tell you is that caller that, that called about how bannocks are take, you know, taking over, he sounds a little xenophobic to me.
4: Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, Neil. Have a great day, Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot. bye there, Now, there's probably the call of the year right there. There's like a real living and breathing there, and you want to know why? Because he's circumcised, because his brain is free to think. His brain can breathe. Just like your, your lungs need to breathe, your brain needs to breathe. And when it's all locked up in that tight, in that really t- and then, of course, when you got that real, like a lot of pillejo in there, and like uh, that long elephant snout uh, foreskin. Then, my God, a brain, there's like no hope at the end of the tunnel. You can't even see the light. I Do can't you...
5: imagine the guys you go out with.
4: Meaning what? what? What does that mean?
5: That they're not clean. Well, of course, I don't Europe... touch
4: anyone who isn't clean, and there is no one in Europe I have ever encountered who is not clean.
5: They don't bathe I can in
4: sniff them. it. I can smell from a million miles away. That's why we have double glass between these studios. Here is uh, Hialeah. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir.
1: Well, I'm the president of Catholic United for Life, and I don't know why you have a big deal over the Pope. He does many great things. And you're the
4: president of what?
1: I'm the president of Catholic United for Life. What is that? We're a pro-life organization. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know why you're making a big deal over the Pope.
4: Because that's my opinion. What do you mean? I'm making a big deal. It seems to me the media's making a big deal. Everywhere you look, we see the Pope.
1: But He's doing great things. Like what? He goes, he went to his own country, and he, 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 he went to his own country. And he, um...
4: His own country is Cuba?
1: No, no, he didn't went to Cuba, but he went to his own country in, in Poland first, yeah. and he, um, he crushed communism over there. He, he crushed it
4: with his fist.
1: No, with the word of God. Yeah. Okay? And if you, just because you don't, you have a problem of, uh, of, of, of priests and, and the Pope, and you criticize them, you know, if you think you could do better, you know, then do it.
4: Then do what?
1: Huh? if you think you could do better well, than Pope?
4: then elect, then elect me Pope, and I'll guarantee I'll do a lot better. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. You have
4: to be, you know, you have to... You, know, you have to be what? You have to be a senior okay, old i qualify. Yeah, I'm, that's right. I qualify. I'm a fag. That put that gives me a leg up, so to speak.
1: No, you can't... You have... You, there's no fags in, in the church.
4: There's... Oh, my God. Wait a minute. I want you to get... Do we have a bullet... I wish we had a bulletin sounder. There's no fags in the Catholic church? No. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so relieved. I feel so much better now. Oh, there there he went. There's no fags in the... I thought he was going to have a stroke. I thought he was going to start stroking, and he was so excited. There's no fags in the church. That was it. He couldn't handle that. He ran. He ran. I bet you he's rubbing his rosary beads and whatever else he can get his hands on right now. That was beautiful. He's the head of what? Woo! There's no fags in the church. How's Montenegro Brian Walsh doing, by the way? How's he doing? Well, they don't call them that in the Catholic Church. What do they call them? Alternative Lifestylers. Yeah, Alternative Lifestylers, my ass. Well, not my ass. Maybe your ass. Yeah, not mine. Ho ho! what a thought. Those gnarled up old priests. Like I said, that movie Mass Appeal with Jack Lemmon is one. In fact, you should have gotten a copy for this guy, okay? With Charles Durning and uh, Jack Lemmon, you should have gone out and got 85 copies and sent it to this guy and his flock. Yeah, he's doing great work over there. He's giving lectures to people who need food, and he's telling them, hey, keep making more babies, no birth control, no more abortion, more and more and more babies and more starvation, and good luck to you, and go out and plant some seeds in the backyard. Oh, I'll go plant some seeds where they'll grow. That's what he wants you to do, go plant some seeds. Score, score, And by the way, can he watch? If you have a... G- the
2: media is sick and needs help badly.
4: You know, yesterday morning, get out of bed, I go to my TV. Sunday morning, I happen to be one of those people who, uh, you know, flips around on the set, and watches some of the news shows. You know, more ordinarily I pay no attention to this stuff, but Sunday morning I kind of com- compartmentalize a little bit of my brain, and I watch a little bit of me at the press. I watch a little Face the Nation. If there's something going on that a uh, little uh, the uh, this week's show used to be Brinkley before he started doing those ADM spots. But at any rate, so yesterday I'm flipping my local channels: Channel Four, Channel Six, Channel Seven, and Channel Ten. <laughs> you should all rot in hell. And thank God for my two satellite dishes, especially the big dish. Because the only way you could see any of those shows up until, uh, I think it was 11.30 yesterday morning, was if you had a satellite dish. Because Channel 4, Channel 6, Channel 7, and Channel 10 all decided that the Pope was more important than the fact the President may be resigning any day or being impeached or whatever's going on with Monica Lewinsky, who isn't really all that bad by his standards, right? At least three years ago, she wasn't that bad. That picture they've only shown 25,000 times where they're embracing she's in the crowd, and he gives a little wink and a little grab and a little feel and whatever else. It's a banana republic, baby. That's right. El Presidente is doing his banana business and the country is like on the verge of falling because of the president's banana business to show you how immature and pathetic we are. But the thing that really pissed me off, even more than the channels 4, 6, 7, and 10, was the British and their reaction to this about how immature and how silly we are. The British are the masters. They are the inventors of all this tabloid crap of having a nervous breakdown every time uh, somebody gets an erection over there. My God. And Prince Philip, he's running around banging everything that moves and has been for the last 40 years. And then Charles, who was kind of a slow starter once he got started, said, oh god, that's good. And he hasn't stopped ever since. Although his taste, you got a question, really, since he didn't pick Diane out in the first place and she wasn't much of a prize anyway. But that Camilla Parker Bowles, man, oh man. In fact, I think that's what she might be as, man, oh man. She looks like a, she looks like, a, something in drag. But at any rate, they got the balls to be talking about us being silly. Where, where, where the hell do they think we got it from? From them, we learned the lesson well. But we got to see this. Only the Catholic Church could manipulate the media and the public to convince us that this was a major news story, not a religious story that had nothing, to, no business being on there. Here's a mess. Here's a Catholic mass. I understand that there's paid time on Sunday morning. Reverend Schuller with this crystal cathedral, all his millions, and that uh, faker, that Nazi up there in Broward that's on the TV. Yeah, these guys are all over the place. And they buy the time so they can uh, propagandize and spread their empires. Raise more cash. But here's a Catholic mass, and it's being passed off. Oh, and the the people who were covering this stuff, I thought they were going to pass out, especially that Christiana Amanpour on CNN.
2: Oh, it's just so wonderful to be here.
4: And now the Pope, is back in Rome. I saw him on that big Alitalia 747 waddle off of there this morning on the TV. He's back over there, and guess what? I don't see no political prisoners being released yet today, do you? I don't see Fidel kneeling on his uh, thing and crossing himself and saying Hail Mary's and rubbing his beads. I don't see any of that going on, and don't hold your breath. But Channel 4, Channel 6, Channel 7, and Channel 10 thought it was a lot more important to give us a Catholic Mass on Sunday morning, which I guess most people who wanted to go to a Mass couldn't get out of the house, than to uh, give us the information on what the hell is going on here. And now, of course, the media in their unbelievable feeding frenzy, now the new deal is they're taking polls on everything. They're even, they even got one question, how long do you think the President's poll is? and they're having not only ratings on what do you think of Clinton and what do you think of Kenneth Starr, what do you think of Monica Lewinsky? Who? Like, who? Why? Voss? Who the hell is Monica Lewinsky? Besides the fact that we're seeing these few pictures on there, which now she's got that big, fat, bulbous face, and three years ago she looked a lot better, and by his standards was pretty damn hot. She was a groupie. She was an intern. She was a groupie hanging around outside the Oval Office or whatever else was Oval in there, as in huevos, and she was scantily clad and provocatively clad. And the president being real horny said, all right, I'll do it as often as possible. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? And then they're asking all these people like Henry Hyde, that right wing son of a bitch with his uh, anti-abortion thing. Remember the Hyde Amendment that, uh, yeah, they're asking him, the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Well, what do you think about, uh, yeah, right. And he's just salivating. Look at, look at, here we go. Sympathy for Monica, uh, Lewinsky. Sounds like a Polak to me. Jewish, I think. Oh no! Oh God! Oh, yeah, hey. yeah. All her buddies. This, uh, the other one that was on that Goldberg bitch, the uh, attorney. It's a Jewish conspiracy. There you go. And right away, the media's asking everybody all these questions. What do you think that the public is going to do when he comes out with that State of the Union address tomorrow night? What do you think that all the people in that damn humongous chamber? What do you think they're going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, they're going to be sniggering is what they're going to be doing. So the bottom line is the president's horny, which is nothing new. We've always known that he was a real womanizer, and all our presidents have been horny. In fact, if they're not, you should start asking some real questions. I think the only one I can think of in recent history we don't know too much about was Gerald Ford, and being as boring and much of a dullard and dumb as he was, he probably didn't know there was such a thing as screwing around on the side. In fact, he probably barely knew that there was so much of a thing as screwing around, like uh, in the missionary position, much less on the side. But at any rate, so that's basically what we got here. And, of course, what really cracks me up is these people who say, oh, my God, but this is perjury and suborning perjury and obstruction of justice. They told her to lie. Well, of course they told her to lie. Are you out of your mind? Is there any public official at any level who's going to say, oh, yeah, well, if they ask you, just say that you were the best piece of ass I ever had, honey. Of course they told her to lie. So what's the big deal? We're going to impeach the president? We're going to force him to resign because he's screwing around? He is from Little Rocks, isn't he? He likes his rocks. These people, man, these hypocrites, these silly-ass people in this country. And just coincidentally, by the way, I happen to be reading the Seymour Hersh book, which I'm reading three books at the same time, so I'm a little slow. Seems to me like about three weeks I've been telling you I've been reading this book, The Dark Side of Camelot about the Kennedys. And Saturday night I'm reading this, and I came across about the page and a half, two pages here, which I ordinarily don't read on the air, but I'll make an exception right now, which I will read since most of you don't read and haven't read this book. To give you a little bit of an idea of what life is really all about in the real world, page 226, The Dark Side of Camelot. Listen very closely and very carefully, okay? Larry Newman, the first college graduate in his family, proudly joined the Secret Service in 1960 and in the fall of 1961 was quickly promoted to presidential detail. His first major assignment was to provide security for a presidential speech in Seattle in November. Newman and Clint Hill, a senior agent, flew to Washington 10 days before Kennedy's visit. We had excellent cooperation with the Seattle Police Department, Newman recalled in a 1995 interview for this book, and the president made his speech and returned without incident to the safety of his suite in the Olympic Hotel. The floor of the hotel had been sealed as Secret Service protocol dictated. Access was limited to those with special clearance. That night, Newman got what he called my baptism by fire. Sometime after Kennedy was back, Newman heard a commotion up the elevator. A loyal Democratic sheriff had come out of the elevator with two hookers and was bringing them down toward the president's suite. I stopped the man and he was loudly proclaiming that the two girls were for the president's suite. The sheriff's party included a group of local policemen who would help to provide security for Kennedy's speech. It was clear Newman told me that the sheriff and policemen knew the women and knew they were high-class call girls. Before long, Dave Powers came out of the suite. The sheriff tried to walk inside with the two women, but Powers cut him off, Newman recalled, thanked him for bringing the girls up, and took them into the suite. Newman was embarrassed and at one point threatened to arrest the sheriff for interfering with the activities of federal officers. He only wanted the thrill of letting the president know what a great favor he'd done for him, but what he wanted to do, personally deliver the prostitutes, was impossible. Before leaving the floor, the sheriff officiously warned the two women that if any word of this night gets out, I'll see that both of you go to Still Cool, a state mental hospital, and never get out. I couldn't believe this, he said, but he did, Newman recalled. I couldn't believe he said this, but he did. One of the policemen, a lieutenant, asked me, does this go on all the time? I just didn't know what to say and said, well, we travel during the day. This only happens at night. The cops, the firemen, and everybody else involved with presidential security had been alerted that these girls were going in and meeting with the president. Meeting with the president, Newman said. There was no question about that. Something to do with meat. Later that evening, Newman made what should have been a routine check of security along the corridors of the U-shaped hotel. The presidential party had booked all the rooms on the floor and the suites for the president and his senior aides, Powers and Kenny O'Donnell, were located on one end of the corridor. At least six Seattle police officers had been assigned to guard the fire escape exits on the floor, but Newman found their post unmanned. Instead, the officers were all bunched together in a fire escape well directly across from the presidential suites. In a room next to the president's, two young women on the White House staff could be seen having a three-way sexual encounter with O'Donnell. The president's chief of staff had drawn the window's gauze curtains, but not the heavier blinds. The policemen were passing a pair of binoculars back and forth, binoculars that were supposed to be used to survey the streets outside. They were waiting in turns so they could watch, Newman told me. The sergeant apologized to me and they reposted themselves and that was it for me for the day. I didn't know what to do or say, he said. What I saw in Seattle became commonplace to me and the other agents when we were on the road. Dave Powers was the interface on these occasions and he'd find the women or bring the women along. The women would be brought out of the president's suite after three or four hours. This became a matter of great concern, Newman told me, because we didn't know who these people were and we didn't know what they had on their person. You would just look up and see Dave Powers mincing down the hall and saying, hi, pal, and we had no way to stop it. We were told just not to interfere with it. We didn't know if the president that next morning would be dead or alive. Newman, now living in Fort Collins, Colorado, was quick to say that he and his fellow agents loved Kennedy and loved the fact that he made an effort to learn the names of the agents and some personal detail about them. It was highly frustrating because we thought so much of the guy, Newman told me. We really didn't like seeing him think so little of himself, if that's the right word. One solution was to blame Powers O'Donnell and other Kennedy hangers-on who supplied the women. They could have been better friends, in my opinion, Newman said, and they could have had more respect for the security. They've written many books about how much they loved him. They were really running a hard risk on this, he said. They were running a really, really hard risk.
2: It is so hard.
4: And that's all I'm going to read, okay? So there you go, just from one little uh, excerpt, two pages out of the book about Kennedy, the dark side of Camelot. And what I've read so far, in spite of all the denials, I have no reason to disbelieve any of the stuff in this book. Presidents and entertainers have been screwing around for as long as anybody can remember, and nobody gets shocked. Nobody says, oh, my God, he's the president after all. I mean, I will grant you that the, the, the concept of the president having phone sex with some slot is a little bit tawdry at best. It's embarrassing. He's the president, after all. But you know something? When he takes his clothes off, and God, I sure don't want to see that. But when he takes his clothes off, he's just another man, just like anybody else. And the way the media are carrying on about all this, I'd like to see all these self-righteous assholes. I'd like George Will, who was on there yesterday, opening up a big mouth. I'd like to see what's going on in his goddamn closet, this right-wing son of a bitch, when he's not watching the Cubs lose baseball games. Juvenile, it's pathetic, it's embarrassing, and I think in about a week he'll be out. No, I really do. I said that last week. I said I'd give it two weeks. I think my timetable was probably correct. They'll drum his ass out. And, of course, we know it's not political.
1: (laughs) Right. When you're a bunch of hooey,
4: is there anybody out there with a brain larger than a small thumbnail? Is there anybody out there who cares about anything other than somebody wearing a goddamn jockstrap? Mobile in Miami. Hello.
1: Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Great. I wanna, I wanted to ask you a question. Explain to me about a I mean. Explain why to they, about speechment? Yeah, yeah. Why, I mean, why, why is that happening? first,
4: then I'll explain to you, okay, Ricky? Uh, Ricky Ricardo there, doing a little uh, routine. Explain to me about speechment. And then there's Doubleman. Yeah, doublement. Which uh, those twins, by the way. There's one for the president and one for uh, Al Gore, too. Double your pleasure. You know what that's all about? As in, that's it. Double your pleasure, double your fun. One on the couch and one's on the run. That's what it's all about, amigo. See you in Habana with Fidel and uh, El Papa. I'm going to take up religion, I think. Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hi. How you doing?
2: Good, how are you? Okay. I wanted to bring up Billy Clinton again. Yeah. And say the question is not whether or not he had the door locked, but why can't he keep his pecker in his pants for the next two years?
4: Yeah. Why, does it uh, bother you that he's getting laid a lot?
2: No, I think it's kinda of strange that he just can't seem to keep it under wraps. wrap.
4: Why is that strange? What man can't keep it under wraps? Do you know any men who other than fags who aren't interested in banging every chick that comes along? Even if they yeah, don't look that thick? Do? do you? Like who? How
2: about a moral man who is married? And I'm not talking about someone in power, I just mean any man.
4: Any man who is married is not screwing around on the side. Are you married?
2: Yes, I am married.
4: Well, I sure hope that you force your husband to use a lot of protection, because one of these days, if he hasn't already, he's going to bring you home a real big surprise.
2: I hope not.
4: But you never know. How long have you been married?
2: For two years.
4: Oh, two years. Well, that explains it. Just wait. You're in for a real shock.
2: But I was just wondering why Bill just can't
4: save it. You Can't save it for what? Like in a, like in a jar? Like in a big yeah. glass jar?
2: Or wh- why does he have to go around and do it. It wouldn't even be an issue. Well, I think, the I think if the allegations
4: are all true, I think you ought to be proud of him. At least a lot of the stuff was just phone sex over the phone. Okay? And maybe he's saving that in a jar. I don't know. Why, you I still, don't... why should anybody be concerned about the president's banana business? Why does that concern you? I mean, if he was doing it with minors or something, then of course we throw his ass in jail. But then everybody's talking about, well, she was only 21 three years ago. What's wrong with a 50, uh, 50-year-old guy doing it with somebody who's 21? What's wrong oh, with that? Well,
2: What's wrong with him not doing it? Huh? What's wrong with him not doing it? Oh, man,
4: maybe he wants to do it. Evidently, what's wrong with that? Would you want well, a president who's not interested in sex?
2: Why can't he be interested with his wife?
4: Well, you've seen her, haven't you?
2: She's got a nice ass.
4: Oh, what's okay. Well, thank God. Her? Thank God for that. I'm glad you can find somebody you could relate to, sweetheart. She's got a nice ass. Maybe he's not into ass. Maybe he's more concerned about her puss.
5: She's got a real pretty mouth.
4: Yeah. Maybe he's more concerned about her puss. My God, what is wrong with you? Don't you understand these people are from Arkansas? She's got a nice ass. How do you know? you seen her ass?
2: Well, i know known my
1: sister all my life. That is why she's now my wife. And I think my son may know it's true. He's my nephew, too.
3: Well, my daddy is my Uncle Joe, my mother is my dear Aunt Flo. It is very plain to see, my first cousin is me.
4: Yeah, that's what we need another another senile little fart in office like Reagan, who even if he did do it, he couldn't remember anyway. In fact, I don't think he remembers where to stick it, as in rectum. Right. He forgot. That's what Nancy says. Just say no. I mean, this brought here, she was hysterical.
2: Why can't he just not do it?
4: Give me a break. Why can't he not do it? For Christ's sakes almighty. Just like the Pope. I would be surprised if the Pope and Fidel had a little uh, something going on there myself. They looked pretty damn chummy by the time he left. Uh, he had a big smile on his old wrinkled-up puss and his face, too. Oh, my God, she is in for the shock of her life, this poor broad, man. Oh, but she's been married all the two years. She knows that uh, moral moral married guys, they don't screw around on the side. That's fucking bitch. Right. Who the hell wants to be married to some moral, uh, uh yeah, right, boring. The word is boring you're looking for, sweetheart. And I guarantee you he's getting plenty. Probably right now, while you think he's at work, he's probably doing everything that moves, sweetie, because after all, uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Money, power, and sex, that's what life is all about. Unless you're Al Goldstein, in which it's food, bunny power, and sex in that order. Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Lady in Miami, going once.
2: Good morning. Good yes, afternoon. Yes, ma'am. How what
4: are you? Let me ask you something. When I say hello to you, did no, you hear me right radio. radio. I
2: was listening to the radio. My oh. husband is forcing me to listen to this, but I would like to say one gun, comment. At point?
4: he's forcing you? At yes. yes.
2: I'm about to call the police, but I'm tired of hearing about this Clinton crap. If Mrs. Clinton is not worried about it, why should we? There's better things. To well, how do you know if she's
4: worried about it or not? She's not. Okay. I'm a woman. Why you convince me?
2: She's not. She's not worried about in it. I words, don't see how In other words, what you're saying is that women
4: women don't care whether their husbands are screwing around.
2: No, pay the bills. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Pay the bills. Excellent. Who cares?
4: Now we're talking.
2: That's right. Who now cares? Now we're talking to you, right? And I'm tired of Channel Four, Six, Seven, Ten, all of them. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm an average working woman, but I'm tired of hearing about Mr. Clinton. And who is who he is screwing and who is not screwing? Right. Let's get on with better things. care. Okay. Hunger. Uh huh. This what's going on across the seas. Yeah. Let's pay more attention to that.
4: Okay. I mean that's
2: a priority right now. How about
4: bombing Iraq? That sounds good to me.
2: Yeah, that's that's great. Let's
4: hop right on that.
2: Yes, that's great. I'm with you, sir. And let's right. send, And let's send Michelle over there too. All right. All right. Thanks.
4: Man. <laughs> I think she's talking about Michelle Gillen. I'm all for that. Just send her ass over there and leave it there. We got uh, See, the reason I'm pumping the number so much today is because we only got like a half a line working, and when we go to it, there's nobody there anyway because the phone's all screwed up. Not that I want to make a big song and a dance about this, but I might be out sick for the next couple of weeks since all of this stuff should have been done before we started here. But again, these people, man, like I told you before, nothing moves them love or money or threats or illegal, uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing moves this outfit just like those great TV spots we're still waiting to see. Now they're working on getting us those picture cards, finally, after I belly ached and bitched and screamed and hollered. But, of course, that might require an expense if we got a photographer coming in here to take the same old stupid ugly picture. What the hell do I care what it looks like? Just something to scribble on, man. Oh, my. You know, George had a very, very uh, interesting observation a while ago, which you may have heard if you were on hold, which is where the only good stuff on this show comes is during when you're on phone during hold when we're talking back and forth on the intercom, which goes on the ear. And that is when he first started working for this uh, second-rate horse and buggy outfit back in uh, May or June after we got uh, our, our walking papers from IOD, and I got paid off and he did not, so we had to, like, have a meaningful almost employment.
1: W-I-O-D? Oh, I hate that station.
4: And he started being the production ace for several months, and he came in and he kind of looked around at this joint, and he would start bringing up things like uh, that were like ordinary run-of-the-mill things as uh, people in the radio business would understand and do, and they would look at him like, huh, what language you be speaking? Like what you be talking about, man? What's that?
5: It was a major reality check.
4: Like you remember, and uh, Zoltan, I'm not going to knock him because he's a great guy. And he looks good, and uh, his wife is very nice, Jennifer. And then we went to dinner the other night at Petalumas, had a great meal on Friday night. But when I said something about the log, I, th- I think he thought I was getting personal. When I, he said, "Oh, you mean the uh, the thing that the commercials are listed." I said, "Yeah, there you go." And he's and he's one of the brighter guys we got around here. Okay, I said, "Show me your log," and she kind of like turned re- beat red. Oh man, it's like uh, oh, this is radio. I thought it was a Chinese laundry. Here's Kendall. Hello.
1: Hello, Neil. Yes. You know what the difference is between Clinton and all the other past presidents?
4: Besides is, his being dumb, what is that? No,
1: oh, besides him screwing around. Just because he's under- no, not
4: not his being screwing around is no different.
1: He, no, exactly. Yeah, the only he has
4: failed to cover it up nicely and The easily. only
1: difference is there's 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 45,000 talk shows and 50,000 medias uh, with cameras and, and right. microphones. Right. Of
4: course. And and
1: that's the difference.
4: Yeah, that's I a mean, big part you know, of it.
1: But when Kennedy was screwing around in the White House, there was, you know, who was there, Sam Donaldson and that, old, that Every, old...
4: Everybody knew about it, and nobody said anything, and that's the way it was. But now there's no respect. Everything is tabloid journalism, and we and the American public really believes they got a right to know what uh, his thing looks like. And I don't want to know what his thing looks like. Believe me, that would be the last one I'd ever want to see.
1: It, it really doesn't matter, though. I mean, the guy got caught. Big deal. Yeah. Everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Everyone does it.
4: Not I according mean, to that uh, that young lady you called earlier in the show. do you hear her? She's wanna, an idiot. She's been married for two years. Oh well, moral men don't screw around. I, I just, in for a real surprise, honey.
1: I just saw her husband screwing around over here in Kendall. Probably. Listen to me. I uh, got Wait, wait, uh, wait. Uh, I, I just have, uh, wait. Uh, uh, I just have a quick question. Yes, go ahead. Do you, think that, the, do you think the Pope, the way he was shaken over in Cuba, you think he would give a good hand job?
4: Have a great day, pal. Only Fidel would know for sure. Men of God don't do such things. They don't spill their seed on the ground. Maybe that's why they wear those long gowns.
0: This is 560 UAM.
1: We're having a ball in the gay 90s. Everybody is happy and gay. Don't you know what I
2: love when you stand there right behind me
1: and try to I my everybody Everybody's out in the gay 90s. Why, even the ones you once thought were straight. There's no more surprises, no secrets, are no mine. So go ahead and send that round, eye. Yes, sir. It's the gay 90s.
2: Everybody bend over. Yes, sir. Look for those glory holes. You too, ladies. Wrap them on. Is everybody gay? Okay? We're having a time and
1: decade behind me. These little really glory holes are gay. Don't have them beats a goal. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Here's Sunrise. Hello. Hello, you white Jew bastard who wishes he was Italian. Yeah. How are you? Okay. Is it how come? I everything do not wish
4: wrong? I was Italian. What? I'm more Italian than most of you Guidos are.
1: Listen. How come everything? Has you to...
4: sound like a Julio anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm half and half. Which half? aft in my pants that you want it in your mouth, homo. Yeah. Listen, well, how come everything got to refer to homosexual sex? Why can't they have a little well,
4: that, every other word out of your mouth has been I homo. Can't what I, we- I know it was a spick. I know it was a spick. Holy hell.
2: Kind of a fat. Something they can't seem to hide I think he's getting
1: a guilty conscience to kind
2: of a fact they can't admit that they like guys no oh, oh, oh. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. no the
2: Jackson likes to do kind of a Bad Who's really he kidding? Is it you?
1: No, girl. Pointing suit up that we can
4: play on the air. Well, uh, just a second. Because here's the story. Here's the latest inside story. Forget about the president scandal. We got a scandal going on here at QAM that's a hundred times worse. And that is that we have promos, which are we, uh, George has requested to put together daily promos for the show from interesting clips of what happened on the previous day's show that we play on the air, which might entice and encourage other people to listen to the show, which is called a promo rhymes with in this business. Okay. Now, amazingly enough, we found out last week through clandestine sources that there was a certain somebody I won't mind to mention no name hey, that keeps screaming at his board up not to play certain of our promos because they tend to be a little too titillating, a little bit too uh, sexual for that very passive, uh, constipated sports audience that only wants to hear if uh, Fredonia High is going to beat Lakeview by 10 points in a soccer game. And that kind of like frosted my ass a little bit because in all the years I've been on the air, I never heard of anybody censoring promos that run in their show. It's just part of the station business and they're on there. Now we find out that a great promo that George put together from Friday or Thursday when we had Al Goldstein on the air, that this promo also has conspicuously disappeared, which was supposed to be running, but hasn't been running and didn't run all this morning on the worst team. Possibly the weekend. <clears throat> Maybe it didn't run on the weekend either and here it is what is that thing in sports where there's what is that thing in sports where there's this tremendous feely touchy uh, and late. these people don't want to think about it then they become so very nervous
1: 2am before 10 and after 2 you're all a bunch of faggots <laughs> you're <laughs> naked you're, you're taking showers that's a gay club you moron <laughs> you're in a fan club you're looking for glory
4: holes the Miami Dolphin bathhouse. <laughs> cut it out
1: you're faggolists you're homosexuals
3: you're effeminate you are faggots <laughs> the Neil okay,
4: that's it. so that was the promo that was supposed to be running with the great hysterical Al Goldstein, and I guess we didn't rob, want to rub the sports... Don't they think that those people have any sense of humor whatsoever? And I didn't. No? Okay. Thank you. Honest to God, I've never been worked... In my life, I've never worked on a radio station where the people are so embarrassed to have this show on the station. They're very happy to have their revenue coming in, and they're hoping that a lot of big ratings come soaring in here, but they're embarrassed as hell to have this station on, which I don't understand, because most of the people around here are fags anyway. God. Except for Joe. Well, he's Italian, so it's kind of like half and half. Here's Hialeah. Hello.
1: Hey.
4: Let's get with it, guys. Hello. Yes, sir. You
1: know, that hey, was quick. Yeah, of course. They're doing it quick today. Man, I got
4: one line working today. What do you expect? Hey,
1: uh, yeah. do you have a good weekend?
4: Great. That's Real great, fast. Great. I don't even know there was any weekend.
1: It, it went fast.
4: It went by like greased
1: Especially light. Especially with the Pope on, you know, on the news and the
4: yeah. And Between the, the Pope the 45 the... talking head shows yesterday.
1: I uh, had, yeah, my, you know, I went to my mom's house yesterday. My mom had the, you know, the Pope the whole day. You know, I'm a steak. What can I say? Mm. Well, anyways, I think the whole, the whole key to the Clinton deal, the whole key to the Super Bowl, and the whole key to this town and this country is that money makes the world go round. You know wow. what I'm saying?
4: This hang-up with sex in this country, my God. oh, well, it's the sanctity of the marriage. Oh, get out of here with that crap. I mean, what are we talking about here? Next, we're going to be hearing about the President's <laughs> bomb movements. That'll be next. Won't be the first time, though. We had to hear about that when Eisenhower had a heart attack in 1956 or whatever the hell it was before most of you were born, President Eisenhower has a heart attack. He's in the hospital, and the press reports very dutifully, if you pardon that expression, that President Eisenhower had a good bowel movement that day. And I'm not making that up either. That's the God's damn honest truth. The president had a good bowel. I'm surprised they didn't pick through it and see if he had any corn the week before. I mean, we're talking, the media, man, are out of their freaking minds. And just like whoever made these choices yesterday to inflict upon everybody who doesn't have a satellite dish, that poparoni business down there in Cuba for hours and hours and hours, like this was a news event, and just glowing and peeing all over this thing. They're like, uh, oh, my! I hate to break the news to you. The Pope is a Catholic, okay, which the Catholics are a religion out of hundreds and hundreds and thousands of cults. It is not a Catholic country. It's not a Catholic world, although they're trying like crazy to reproduce enough to make it that way, but it's not. He's not some great world leader. He's a goddamn uh, phony piece of crap is what he is. He's a doddering old fool preaching hateful crap from the Stone Age. And nobody there in the media has got the balls to say anything like that. Like this was some glorious, blessed event. And what a coincidence it was that we had all these thousands of screaming people out there because we know in Cuba those people are so free, nothing is ever orchestrated. They were there because their emotions drove them to be there. Viva la papa! Viva la papa! They thought they were handing out papas. That's why they all showed Yeah, out. right, poppies. That's what they thought they were handing out. Mama La Papa You grew up with them both
3: And now, Antler Records proudly presents The greatest hits of Simon and Bullwinkle Where have
1: you gone? For is that enough? Natasha sure is no need without you Yes, Simon and Bullwinkle Woo, woo, woo Recorded live in Central Park and Frostbite Falls The music of Paul Simon The lyrics of Mr. Know-It-All I'm singing on this radio station, but I'm nothing more than animation. You know, two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Simon and Bullwinkle's greatest hits. I am a moose. I am a man. Bull. Yes, it is Paul, but it's not art. And rock steals the fame, because is never fly unfortunately, Simon and Bullwinkle's Greatest Hits. Now available at Mr. Peabody's Records and Tapes. That's when all the good stuff was, the
4: 60s and the 70s. I'm not talking about the drugs in the 60s, because I missed out on that. But, I mean, just uh, good stuff, 60s and 70s. Then the 80s, we got Reagan and Bush, and everybody started getting, like, uh, really jaded and uh, all bent out of shape around the edges, very materialistic. And then the 90s came, and God only really knows what this is all about. We got the goddamn Pope over there in Cuba. By the way, I understand that there are many people very distressed. I, I don't understand, but I just get that feeling. I just get the vibes, psychic vibrations, that there are many people who are upset that I won't jump on that bandwagon, and you're right, I won't. What a disgrace that this man brings this empty Stone Age rhetoric to an island of starving, desperate, oppressed people and gives a lecture to everybody, including this country, and is starting to dictate foreign policy for the entire world. Let me say it again. He's the hotshot from the Catholic Church. Nobody elected him. He's a dictator of his own sort. He's a dick Nobody elected the goddamn Pope. Oh, well, the Cardinals elected him. I didn't think baseball season started the Cardinals. I got your Cardinals right over here, Mr. And Chuck Knobloch ain't playing for the Cardinals. Here's Miami. Hello.
1: Hi, Neil. How's Wayne How you doing? How you doing? You know, it, it's funny that, that you hit the, the nail on the head of the day saying that this country has a fascination with voyeurism. And uh, it, it, it's crazy what they're doing to President Clinton. It, it's ridiculous that it's getting this far. I mean, Chicholina would never have gotten this this far in this country uh, in politics as like she did in Italy, you know, based upon the stupid puritanical attitudes of the people here. Yeah. I don't know, I just I just thought that you hit the nail on the head that people are just too too much for busybodies and, and the media. Because
4: they're juvenile, don't you understand? They're so easily titillated as if this is some great shock and surprise, and the media are right there to exploit it and bring out every facet of it and milk it and put on every kind of rumor and innuendo think... as though it's news. I mean, this, is, well, this thing... last three or four days has been the greatest example of how irresponsible the media are. Every, every piece of gossip. I mean, I've got news for him, Geraldo with those gossip shows he does with Cindy Adams and Mike Walker and all his other glam. Forget about that. His show is peanuts compared to what the so called legitimate networks are doing it. it's a gossip fest man they're it's in not being friends wag the
1: dog is, you know came out now because it's totally true you remember
4: you remember three mile island what was the name of the movie about the uh
1: china the china, china syndrome
4: exactly china syndrome with jack lemon and henry fonda were in it right right and that came out and right when that movie came out we had the three mile island meltdown right and see no coincidence man those people in hollywood will do anything i bet you jack waltz got something to do with it
1: but, it, you know, I think that that's perfect timing. Just, just ironic how the media machine already did the Princess Diana thing. Now they got to pick up a new ball. There you go. The they and grab. you can thank
4: O.J. for starting it, man. Since O.J., if we don't have some big ball to squeeze all the time, we just our life isn't worth a crap.
1: Well, in closing, I'm going uh, I'm going on that cruise that didn't get to go to Cayman this week, or actually next for next week, so I'll give you a review call
4: when I get back. Well, I just want to hear what's going on there.
1: <laughs> have a great day, pal. All right.
4: Oh, by the way, speaking of that, speaking of fag stuff, Oh, get that one guy all upset, that spick out there, that self-hating faggot. Judge orders Navy to keep sailor. How do you like that? How do you like that? Because they were nosing around. It wasn't a question of don't ask, don't tell. It was a question that we're going to ask, and then we're going to throw your ass out is what it was all about. Hey, sailor. Exactly. A federal judge blocked the Navy on Monday from discharging a senior chief petty officer for homosexuality, castigating military officials for launching a search-and-destroy mission against him based on information obtained from an online service. In a blistering attack on the Navy's handling of the case, U.S. District Judge Stanley Sporkin said the service had violated not only Pentagon guidelines for investigating suspected homosexuals, but also federal statutes meant to protect the privacy of electronic Internet users. You know what this uh, Navy guy's name is, by the way? He's got better to change. His name is Timothy R. McVeigh. Bad name, pal. I mean, good decision, but bad name. Uh, they granted him a temporary injunction that allows him to remain on active duty till the case can be heard fully in court, but Sporkin also made it clear his view the Navy has no chance of winning the, its argument based on the evidence so far. He included an impassioned plea for greater acceptance of gays in the ranks, urging the military to move beyond this vestige of discrimination and misconception of gay men and women, to which we say oh! it's about time. Every other goddamn civilized country in the world, even those uh, uptight Canadians, man have got fags in the military, but not the U.S., well, just just pretend you're not, okay? Just don't tell us. But And even if you don't tell us, we'll start uh, sneaking around on your diary and on the Internet and on the audio and that, every other goddamn thing, and we'll find out. And then we'll uh, weed you out of there. Because J. Edgar Hoover, rest in peace, he'd be pretty pissed off about this, that faggot. See, this is what needs um, When are people going to wake up and sniff the pansies in this country already, for Christ's sakes? Fags? investigating other fags. That's basically what this stuff is all about. And like that Pete Williams son of a bitch who got hired by NBC, the former Pentagon spokesman during the Gulf War. Everybody remember Pete Williams who was on there under that don't ask, don't tell bull crap? Yeah, Pete Williams, Petey Bird, a real fruit fly if there ever was one, outed by the advocate, a real screamer if there ever was one, is faggot son of a bitch. And he's in there, oh yeah, I'm fully in accord with the you. Uh, the, right. Let's have a winch hut on everybody else, but let's just leave poor Petey alone, okay, to do his uh, whatever he's doing. Sucking and uh whatever, rhymes with it. We have a celebrity fat Jew caller on the line. Oh,
1: uh, yeah Neil, hold on one second, I got someone at the door. Just one second, this federal wait.
4: What is this? He's got somebody at the door. This guy's worse than the people that put us on hold. He calls me from Los Angeles long distance on the bat line. He's got somebody at the door. Neil? Yes.
1: I'm sorry. I'm in L. A. and I just got my federal back. You guys can put it down. Listen, Neil, I want you to got that. your I'm what? What is it? I'm getting my. I'm getting more food delivered. Federal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Rogers, Rogers.
4: Oh no! Just a minute. I want to tell you something. After you called me, I was taking a nap after the early hockey game Saturday. I'm lying there at 6:30, and the phone rings, and it's this fat Jew <laughs> from Los Angeles, and he starts talking to food, of course.
1: <laughs> and but,
4: then he starts telling me he's got the, how his. Uh, I, I don't know how to refer to Rose. I'll just say Rose. She brought sorry. a. His friend, yeah, his friend. 143 candy bars back from Toronto, your friend uh, for uh, my yeah, friend John. That's right. Et cetera and so on. And now I hang up the phone and I... Out of a sound nap, I get up and like like an automaton, I, I, give, I put on my shoes, I get in the car and I go to Publix looking for Ben & Jerry's fish food, which because I talked about it with you on the air, there is none left, of course, so I get two pints of Ben & Jerry's other flavors and go home and eat a quarter
3: ice cream. No,
1: Thanks totally, to you. I hope you get to be 400 pounds. Every night for three nights, I've had fish food. It is the most wonderful ice cream I've ever had, the Carmel. That white marshmallow, those chocolate fishes, I'm going to be... Was I
4: right? right?
1: It is delicious, but then the worst thing is I bought the cannelloni flavor. I bought jelly, peanut butter,
4: and
1: you went back... Holy cannoli. Holy cannoli, which is is good, those little nuts. And then I went back to hubby chubby, which I still have in the freezer. (laughs) But I want to get you hot. Here's what's waiting for you in Pompano. One dozen of crunchy one dozen.
4: I'm not eating any of this, Mister. You know, I mean, kind of, uh, I'm diabetic. I'm on a. Ver- if I had one so week of eating, listen know. to me. If I had one week of eating the way that you do every day of your life, I'd be in a box. You could send me flowers. Yeah. But
1: but but, you if you die, there'll be. I will save. I, I will save the endangered species called fish food. Yeah. I, but okay, I have a dozen. I'll tell you fish. what.
4: Why don't you try dying first, then you leave some over for me.
1: I have a dozen cherry blossom. A dozen Smarties and a dozen Flake, all, all Cadbury, all weighty and Pumpkin oh, you. Beautiful. So just remember that. I remember. Okay. I'm so what about, LA, what LA. about the
4: uh, what about the president getting all these blowjobs from uh, this young Jewish
3: chick?
1: Isn't it? Amazing? She's ugly though. You know, ugly girls like Barbara Streisand. We always called them BJ girls because she wouldn't take them out unless they, you know, unless you could get a release. She's a big fat ugly girl. She looks like my first wife. <laughs> she probably is my first wife. She is so good. I did, I did an editorial. you laugh. I came up with the ultimate. Point of view that no one has that the reason Chelsea has gone to college is there was incest in the family he was banging his daughter and I think I think he's his bestiality he was also doing the, the dog Butch Buddy Buddy
4: Butch Buddy same buddy, buddy. now Butch it, is Janet Reno that's the Attorney
1: General you got to get now. and the Bishop, he dug her up. he's doing her. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm surprised you left out the Pope.
1: So, well, oh, and, and thanks.
4: Nobody's to you, that desperate. Huh?
1: Our Easter issue, you're gonna love with three pages of transvestite fashion featuring featuring the Pope.
4: <laughs> uh, I hope dressed a hell of a lot better than the fashion he was wearing in Cuba.
1: Oh, he dresses bad. You know, some he should stay with basic black. <laughs> <laughs> and he do, and he needs white white pearls. Doesn't he? That, would, that
4: would be a nice to touch, this. yeah. It would fit in perfectly.
1: Easter issue. Anyway, but I'm here in L.A., and I'm thinking about you, and thanks. I couldn't buy the ice cream in, in, in Pompano, because Rose wouldn't let me. So I made a break for freedom, and I'm in L.A.
4: Maybe you can get a little Haagen-Dazs, too, and you can you can resurrect. Remember after the O.J. thing? They were yes. doing, They were seeing how fast it melts and what flavor it was, you know, with Nicole and the Maybe you could re-resurrect uh, that test again.
1: Well, you know, and you, you
4: can know, you can do a you can do a test on each one of the flavors and find out how long it takes for them to melt. You
1: know, uh, you know, but we joke. But you forget the importance of this. Do you remember the Menendez murders? Of course. Okay, they were murdered, the mother and father, because they were eating vanilla ice cream and they were not sharing it with the boys. Exactly. <laughs> you don't share ice cream. good life,
4: especially if you have fish food, but who the hell wants to share that?
1: No, I would never. I'd rather die. <laughs> but I want to thank you. I didn't eat ice cream for one year. Thanks to one evening with you, There you go. I've had ice cream every night.
4: So, in other words, I'm a better food pusher than you are. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> uh,
1: if you if you, if you want, if you want the Canadian candies, they're waiting for you in Pompano. Okay. I'll
4: thank keep it in deal. mind, Al. Take care of yourself. Thanks,
1: Neil. Bye-bye. So Get out
4: of here.
2: Many <laughs> Mucho pellejo, pero no tengo punta.
1: I met a priest when I was eleven He said he would save my soul But we made a detour on the way to heaven And into his bedroom we did take a stroll While he was standing in his underwear Told me to bend over and say a prayer. Hold up his rope and wait, thank you, ma'am. I got molested by the preacher, man, behind the rectory.
3: Start licking. The next day,
1: I felt like a sinner. And I showed up to get communion.
2: Put on my
1: tongue, that was in a wafer, and it was that wine of dripping off my chin. Well, he was standing in his underwear, told me to bend over and say a prayer. Just lick him. Pulled up his rope and wind, thank you, ma'am. I got molested by the preacher man behind the rectory. Yeah, he was standing in his underwear, told me to bend over and say a prayer, pulled up his robe and went, thank you, ma'am, I got molested by the preacher man behind the rectory.
4: Power and control, that's what it's all about, baby, power and control with the religious uh, freaks, with uh, a lot of doctors, you know, they wear that uh, that thing, that frock, which rhymes with, and uh, et cetera, and politicians, of course. This is a bunch of hooey, like I said. We, how come we haven't been playing that? That's because it's on bank number three, which I'm just too lazy to punchy around with that. Although it would be nice to go to uh, bank. I like it. Oh, get out of I... here with that. The bank number four once in a while and play. Moron. Just, just for the hell of it. Okay, we have two open lines. They're both in Dade. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on a mobile one line. Here's Hialeah. Hello. Hello, Hialeah.
1: Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm the one who said there was no priest. There was no gays in in, in the priest?
4: Yes, sir. You're still Um, worked up. You're still listening, which I can commend you for highly.
1: No,
6: because I want to hear all the garbage you're talking about. That's why.
4: No, because you like the show. That's why. No, I
6: don't.
4: Yes, you do. You love it. No, I don't. Well, why would anybody be that stupid to still be listening to the show like uh, every day if they hate what's on the air? Do you have any life at all? Yes, I do. And what do you do? Do you work?
1: Yes, I do. I'm an undertaker. Oh,
4: that's perfect. I wonder what you're doing with those stiffs. Okay. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Okay, that's why I'm... That's yeah, now
4: we're starting to get to the heart of the matter here. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. What's the problem? I, I,
4: you called me. I didn't call you. I don't have any Cause, problem.
1: Because you're talking about the I don't president. Have any you, you let the. Pre- it's okay. The president has sex like marriage. Now
4: you're starting to get all bent okay. out of shape again. Let's not start talking about the president, okay? He's not He's a religious a figure. He's Let's... a sicko. He's a
1: sicko. Yeah. Liar, sicko. How about
4: Cardinal Spellman? Was he a sicko that all boys brought to the rectumary re- there in the limousines?
1: There was. N- there's nothing happened.
4: How How about the Covenant House? How about up the Covenant House all over the? There country? was no
1: proof. Get out of here! There was no proof. They had like 8, 8, about eight thousand young kids come yeah, forward 8,
4: to testify. 000, yeah. There was no, there was fifty thousand kids. That yeah. Came sure. Forward. There was four hundred thousand guys that came forward and testified. They had no evidence.
1: There was no evidence. Yeah. Okay? Right. They just all and made they, it all up. The so the when down, down, time talk, all the kids the lies. About a all the lies. Decrease,
4: It's all a lie, right? Yep. Uh huh. Yep.
1: And you're gay yeah, yourself. Yeah. So what, what about
4: it? You huh? got a problem with that while you're it's doing all those stiffs that you're digging yeah. out from under the ground? Okay.
1: You're gay. Yeah. And you know you're committing a sin
4: by doing what?
1: Uh, having sex with. How do you, how do you know? How do
4: you know I'm having sex with anybody?
1: Well, just being gay Are, are you wrong. writing a book? Okay.
4: Are you writing a book? No. Yeah, so you're busy making judgments on me, Mr. Hotshot. Sounds to me like you're so brainwashed you need psychiatric help. No,
1: I don't. And you have no fags in, in the church. There you go. That's right. There's yeah. none.
4: There's no fags in the church. That's correct. Now, well, how do you know that? Do you are you an expert on fags? Do you know you can you sniff them out?
1: Yep. <laughs>
4: how, yeah, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yep. Yeah.
1: And every not, you, 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 you not
4: criticize not your own religion. It's not you working. not working, man. You lost it. You lost it. You lost it. It was a nice try, Julio, but I hope you dig up a good stiff, okay? As in Stiffy. We have uh, Red and Stiffy. you criticize your own religion? He, he, it's a put on, a guy who couldn't even keep a straight uh, thing. Just some little Julio having a good time with himself and his boyfriend. Faggot. But thanks for... There's
1: no fags in in the church.
4: Thanks for the great promo and the drop-in, too, by the way, sir. We love it. Here's Pembroke Pines. Hello.
1: Yeah, Neil, I got something about that guy that said there was no fags in the church. Yes, sir. I used to be an altar boy. I was about 10 or 11. There's no fags in in the church. And and the priest at that church used to take us to basketball games, and sometimes, I don't know how, I would get over his house. And uh, nothing ever happened or anything, but he would always take kids on baseball trips. Yeah. And he told me that he used to like to wrestle with us. And he uh, <laughs> oh. even offered one Now, time, let, me, let me
4: ask you, how old were you at this time?
1: I was, I think, sixth grade, so I guess I was about 11 or 12. Oh,
4: perfect, yeah, there you go. And I guess right I, didn't, I didn't really
1: know about fags yet. I didn't, I didn't know, you know? Yeah. Well, it just, it's
4: not a fag, it's just that the priests are friendly, that's all. They, you know,
1: he that's offered me more, more than one occasion to go in the shower with my clothes on at yeah. his house. And if well, I at, did, least did, didn't, at
4: least he didn't try to get you to take your clothes off.
1: Well, he said, "With them on." I guess he figured I'd take them off. If I did this, he would have taken me on a baseball trip around <laughs> the, the country,
4: around like, the world. You almost said around the world, yeah?
1: Yeah, it's like uh-huh. Cincinnati uh, and places. There's uh, no fact in, in the church. Of course not. I, was, I just, well, I couldn't believe in that guy called earlier and yeah. everything he was saying. And,
4: well, he's just in denial, you know.
1: And uh, I got a request. Uh, okay. Big black guy named Bob.
4: Big black guy named Bob.
1: The uh, car alarm guy. Get away yeah. from
4: the I car. Think
5: it's He's big and he's black, but his a- name is Ben.
4: Oh, big black guy named Ben. Well, where the hell are going to find yeah,
1: out Car theft is on the rocks. In America, a car is stolen every 12 seconds. What can you do to protect your car? An expensive
3: car alarm system won't protect your car from being stolen. The club won't protect the valuables inside your car. But a big black guy named Ben can. Get away from the car, motherfucker. For less than you'd pay for an expensive car alarm system, and
1: even less than you'd pay for the club, you can get a big black guy named Ben to protect your automobile. Get away from the car, motherfucker. It's simple to use. Just leave the big black guy named Ben in your car whenever you get out, and he does the rest. Whenever anyone gets within six feet of your car, Ben simply gets out of the car and tells them Get away from the car, motherfucker. Listen to these testimonials from people who
3: use a big black guy named Ben.
2: It's always nice to have someone to ride with, although he really doesn't say much, just
3: get away from the car, motherfucker.
2: That's about it. I didn't get a big black guy named Ben to chat with. I got him to protect my car. It's the best investment I've ever made.
1: My name of it isn't that great. There have been a lot of car thefts. I can't tell you how many times I've heard get away from the car, motherfucker. Knowing that I've got a big black guy named Ben protecting my car lets me sleep better at night. Call now, one 800 one big guy. That's 1-800-1-B-I-G-G-U-Y. And instead of hearing this,
3: you'll hear this. Get away from the car, mother****. Enough for the talking. You
4: better get your tapes rolling today, boys and girls, because the crap is going to fly, like I told the morning team. Or like I told Joe, the little dog in the morning team. He's the only one with balls on that show, by the way. We thought that Geldy was the only one with the, who was a smoothie on that show. And little did I realize till this morning that the depot was just a pimp. First of all, before we get to that, if I were El Presidente, I'll tell you what I would do right now. I am so sick and so tired of this crap, of this sleaze, of this tabloid garbage that is going on now. And it is these right-wing lunatics who have been trying for the last six years now to unseat this president. As uh, as many foibles as he's got, and he's got plenty of them. And it's a bunch of bullcrap. If I were him, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. I would order the FBI, as the chief law enforcement officer of the country, which El Presidente is, I would order the FBI to arrest Kenneth Starr and Monica Lewinsky today, have them both tried immediately for treason and high crimes against the government, and then I'd have them electrocuted right on Geraldo at 4.30 this afternoon. How does that sound? Oh! Sounds good to me. I mean, we're talking about the trashiest, the most invasive, the cruddiest garbage and I'll get my Newsweek yesterday, which of course is just loaded with this sludge. And here's a headline on one of the pages, page 36 of this week's Newsweek. Explosive charges, as in, squirt, squirt. That kind of explosion. Little play on words there, okay? Lewinsky said Clinton also liked phone sex and that she was keeping a dress stained with his semen. I'll never wash it again, she declared. Now, isn't it going to be beautiful if we wind up having DNA tests of the president to see if his semen matches that on the dress that this slut is allegedly hanging on to? I just can't stand that slut. Exactly. Who now we discover had a five-year affair before she went as an intern to the White House, scantily clad all the time that they had to keep sending her home, by the way. Before she went to the White House as a 21-year-old intern, for five years she was sleeping around having an affair with another married guy. And the affair went on until, guess what, his wife found out about it. Very marginal-looking guy too, by the way. Really subhuman that they've had on the news this morning. Is this what America has come to? What other country in the world would tolerate this kind of sputum, man? And the media, you people are insane. You are out of your minds. And by the way, I would take I would take Kendall Starr, Monica Lewinsky, and uh, Wolf Blitzer. Stick those three in there and fry all their asses. What I would do, right? Ow! Exactly. Out of your minds. And they keep interviewing all these people around the country, and they're saying, we don't give a crap. That's all personal. We don't care who he's screwing, who he's doing, uh, how much semen she's got on her dress, on her uh wherever it is. All we care about is, like, can our kids go to school, and can we walk the streets, and is the economy okay, and can we get a job? That's what most people care about. And, I mean, this thing is just, I'm just nauseated with it. Nauseated. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clinton people are polling the country today, so to speak. And you notice the timing to show you that not all bad things came out of this, so to speak. Now he's nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, because they figured if anybody knows how to get a good peace, there's the guy. Right, Bubba? <laughs> Leave him alone already, for Christ's sakes. What a bunch of garbage. Talk about desperate, scraping it. She And, of course, her attorney, this uh, William Ginsburg guy that gets on, too many Jews involved in this, get me aggravated. we got Ginsburg and Goldberg and Lewinsky and all these Jews involved in this. Well, I go to my mother's for lunch yesterday. She says,
2: oh, it's so terrible she has to be Jewish. Oh, and, and then oral sex.
4: And then there's a pause, and she looks at me and says, oh, did I say something wrong? No, Ma, most of us fags are big on oral sex, okay? But quite frankly, I don't really care what they're doing, okay? Did I say something wrong? Oh, oral sex, fag. And like Howard Kleinberg said to me at the game last night, we know she's making a story up, because Jewish women give an oral sex, forget that. Maybe for a credit card or something like that, but not just uh, for the halibut. And then the uh, the Newsweek thing is amazing about how her mother was also a slut, a slut, a slut writing a columnist writing a column uh, on showbiz for the Hollywood Reporter and making up all this garbage about the private lives of uh, three tenors Luciano Pavrote and Jose Carreras and Placido Domingo and about uh, oh oh god first hand research on the sex life of uh, Placido Domingo recounting descriptions of the opera singers orgasmic screams <laughs> I mean, this is what you call your really very functional family, and they're ready to try to unseat the goddamn government. Nice try, Kenneth Starr. Straight to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200 anything, you asshole, you. You right-wing fanatic idiot. Nice try. Ain't going to happen. And I am so, I'm telling you, I I just can't, I I would like to eliminate, which we won't do, but all the breaks, everything, and just ramble on here until 2 o'clock. I'm so pissed off. I've reached a great milestone in my life, and it happened in the last 24 hours. I I really don't know where to start. I'm almost at a loss for words, but I'll start at the beginning. Now, it came in real early this morning. I have no idea why. And I'm driving in, and I'm listening to the uh, morning show, The Worst Team, and, of course, the conversation turns to last night's Panthers-Carolina-Hurricoon game, okay? And I'm listening to the uh, conversation, and then it turns to Brian Murray and his show yesterday morning, his uh, weekly Tuesday morning coaches show, and the fact that, uh, Defo, according to Defoe, he had to take a lot of blather all the blather he had to put up with. And, of course, Joe is the only one who's got the balls to say, what are you talking about? All of the calls or at least most of them, seem to be on valid points and make a lot of sense. And I noticed that Joe also held the coach's feet to the fire about certain matters, too, like about Eddie and the Robbie and how long do we wait on some of these guys, etc. But, unfortunately, in this town, we've got mostly guys who believe that if you're going to talk sports or whatever the subject is, you have to kiss ass. Number one, ass-kissing is boring, and just having the coach on every week to repeat the same old crap and the same old tired excuses without anybody challenging it is so boring it could put you into a coma. Now, I'm going to give you a little idea about the difference. One of the differences between, you know, as far as coaching style, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I only see the finished product out there on the ice. But when Doug McLean was the coach of this team, and you can I a a lot of things about him, I had plenty of criticisms about certain uh, favoritism among players, which all coaches have. And Doug could be a hard ass, a hard head along with the rest of them. But one thing that he had was a real good sense of humor. And if you're a regular long-time listener, you remember the many times when he would call us or we'd get him on the phone, and he and I would disagree about Stu Barnes, about this, whatever, and yell and scream at each other back and forth. And at the end of it all, he would laugh, and we got along fine off the air. Not that I had a great relation. I mean, not that I was like a personal friend, but he and I have a great respect for each other, and I like the guy, and he likes me. And if Brian Murray and I realize that we're going through tough times now, but if he's going to be the coach and general manager of this team, which he is right now, and which he and Bill Torrey decided for the time being, then he's going to have to take the criticism when his decisions uh, don't turn out well and when the fans get sour. And one thing I'm going to tell you right now is that Neil Rogers isn't going to be the scapegoat. Isn't going to, you know, I, I took that a year, a little over a year ago, with the Stu Barnes and Chris Wells deal. Oh, it was that Neil Rogers that turned all the fans sour, and he's saying all these terrible things. You see, it's it's really interesting the whole relationship I have with the Panthers, which is almost non-existent anyway. When we first got hockey in this town five years ago, I said, "Oh, thank you, Wayne, you're a god." Till we found out what he's really all alike all about. And and uh, you know, we got a hockey team, and I whipped everybody up into a frenzy on plan. But even before we had a team, I was the one guy in this town to talk about it because I've been a hockey fan. This year makes forty years. Forty years a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Boy. A lot of grief and a hockey fan, and I love it. It's not football, it's not baseball, it's not basketball. It transcends any of those. It's like, uh, it's beyond that. It's more than a sport, for those who really love it and know it and get it in their blood, which I do. And so for those first couple of years, I'm the guy in the year giving away tickets, begging and screaming and pleading, come on, get out there, support the team, it's great, et cetera, and so on. And then, voila, comes along the third year, we wind up going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and for two solid months, and George can testify to this because he was puking all over himself for two solid months. We love you, Panther. I gave up. I, I basically sacrificed the entire program, every day, every single day, to play the highlights, to play those songs, to, because uh, it was just I was wrapped up in it. It was one of the, probably the greatest thing that ever happened in this town since I've been here. How many thousands of people did Neil Rogers put in those seats? How much enthusiasm did he whip up in this town about hockey, which most of these people didn't know about before? How many people have come up to me in the last five years in the arena and said, because of you that I'm here? And yet, if I'm not an ass-kisser, then I'm a bad guy. And that's what happened when I questioned the Stu Barnes-Jason Woolley trade for Chris Wells, who was a project, okay? Then all of a sudden, I was a bad guy. And I was playing the Mike Lang call every time Stu would score a goal for the Penguins, which you notice I don't do that anymore. We'd have a lot of a lot of tape, but I don't do that anymore because it's uh, ancient history. But I did that because it pained a lot of us who were big Stu Barnes fans and knew what a contribution he made to the team. Brian Murray didn't like Stu Barnes, okay? Doug McClain didn't trade Stu Barnes. In fact, Doug McLean didn't trade anybody else. He may not have liked certain other players. He didn't make any trades because the general manager makes the trades. And you remember in November of last year, of a year ago November, at the time that that deal was made, this team was on the best start in their history, even better than the previous year. Even better than the previous year when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. They were off to a rousing start. But because we were doing so well, it's kind of an old radio thing that they took. Hey, hey, we're doing pretty good. Let's mess with success. Let's screw it up. And I'm at the game last night, and I'm going to tell you, here's a team that's been on the road for three weeks. Lots of empty seats. More empty seats, more no-shows last night than any game I can remember in uh, a long time, at least two years. Lots of empty seats. And because I'm telling the way I see it, because I'm critical, oh, I'm the bad guy. So it must be because Neil Rogers is a bad guy, he's turning the fans sour. You know, it's interesting, when they went into a panic and they fired the coach because people were leaving early, I wasn't even on the air then. I was in Europe when I heard that Doug McClain got fired. I wasn't even here then. But somehow they'll rationalize that that son-of-a-bitch fag on the QAM now, he's the one responsible for the people booing Bill Torrey last night at that presentation for Kirk Muller. And you want to know why? And I was I was shocked. I was amazed. I mean, that was the most emotion we had from the crowd the whole night last night. It was a coma coma crowd, and with good reason. But they booed him ferociously. And you want to know why? Because they're pissed off. Because they think Doug McClain got a raw deal. They know he was a good guy. Yeah, he, he had his flaws. He wasn't perfect like anybody else. And because they're real dissatisfied with the garbage they've been seeing for the last few weeks, for the last couple of months. And like I said yesterday, when you pay good money to go and see a sporting event, whatever it is, whether it's a basketball game, a hockey game, tiddly winks, volleyball... You pay that money in hopes that you might see. I mean, you're not going to win all the time. You're not going to play great all the time. You're going to have some clunkers. But you hope to go out and be entertained. You hope that it's worth sitting on your ass for two or three hours and maybe getting some enjoyment out of it. And these people obviously were not. And then we come to the introduction. of The the team comes out on the ice. And here's our, I'd say, about 12,000 people sitting in their seats. And it's like a sitting like that. And then we go through the announcement of the starting lineup for the Panthers. And even when they got to John Van Beesbrook, who, by the way, you were great last night, Beeser. Thank God for you, sweetheart. Even when they got to him, which usually at least when they announce number 34, John Van, when they get to his name, the crowd, you know, eight shot. Not last night, it was was like, like that. So maybe you're fooling guys who don't know their ass from their elbow, guys who wouldn't know a real hockey game unless Eddie Jackman came back and was playing again from 25 years ago. But you're not fooling the fans, because now it's not like two, three years ago. See, in the beginning, they could say whatever they wanted, because most of the people down here didn't understand the game. They knew nothing about it. So they could tell you Eddie Jovanovsky was going to be an all-star. They could feed you all kinds of crap. But now the fans have become more knowledgeable. They're not saying, hey, Neil, what's icing? They're not doing any of that anymore. They actually have some understanding of what it's all about. So long before Neil Rogers ever came back on the air here, they were getting the message that they're being sold a bill of goods, and a lot of mistakes are being made, a lot of errors in judgment. In acquiring stiffs and in playing people who don't belong out there and in sitting people who quite frankly are playing well. There are so, you know, it's amazing to me. There are so many people with their heads deep inside the rectums. Rectum. Of the management of that hockey team. It's amazing. It, there isn't room left over for a hair. God forbid that any of those people have to, oh forget it, man. That'll be it. That'll be an explosion. Even, even Monica never saw an explosion. scored scored Like that. And that, and that's the way they want it. That's the way the present regime, I guess, would like it. They don't have a sense of humor. They don't take well to criticism. I mean, well, what's the purpose of having a coach or a player or anybody on the air for the public to talk to? I'm not saying you have to attack them, assassinate them, lynch them. But don't the people who pay the money for the tickets to support this thing, don't they have a right to an opinion? And let me also say this right off the bat so you get an idea of where I'm going with this. If anybody thinks that my being their friend permits them to tell me what I'm going to say on the air, that's not a friend. That's not a friendship. When you think that you can tell me what I can and cannot say on the air. And if I say something that doesn't even have to do with you on the air, that has to do with somebody else, and then you tell me, and then you give me the cold shoulder and act like I've just stabbed you in the back, then that's not a friend. No! There's a guy who comes to the uh, hockey games, to every one of the home games, and has been for a long time, but I never paid much attention to him. Thanks, by the way, Andy, for telling me about this. Andy's a guy that sits in our section. Good guy. And uh, this guy uh, comes walking up the stairs, and I've seen him before, and my friend John points him out to me last night and says, take a look at the outfit on this guy, and he wears like one of those, you know, name tags like officials and uh, hangers-on of the team, like uh, like he belongs there, like some kind of a press pass. And I look at this guy, and he is wearing, and I was discussing this with George this morning to try to figure out what you call this outfit. It was not a Husad Shako like the great Mohammed Khan in uh, the movie Network, but it was similar without the shmata on the head. I say it's a dashiki. A dashiki. A dashiksi. A African outfit. They look like Idi Amin in drag. And as the game is going on, all of a sudden Andy turns around to me and said, boy, did you see the outfit David Neal came up in I said, what? David Neal, the hockey writer for the Miami Herald. I said, that was David J. Neal? That was David J. Neal, who was in that outfit? Yes! And I said, what is the purpose of that? I mean, is he here as a reporter for the Herald, or is he here representing uh, Zimbabwe or something? What is that? And quite a conversation ensued, which I won't repeat on the air for obvious reasons, but I must tell you this, David J. Neal, it would seem to me that, you know, if an Orthodox Jew came to the game dressed in full, it's one thing to have a little beanie on the head, which does I get queasy over that when they make the little kids wear but that's a bad, but bad fairly unobtrusive. But if they came there with their talus and their tefillin and their uh, paeus and all of that, it would seem to me a little bit uh, bizarre. If I came to tomorrow night's game with, two, uh, with, a, with a pink chiffon dress on because I'm a fag, that would seem, I think people would look and say, what be that? Are you out of your mind? So I just thought I would mention that because I found that very, very, very extraordinarily bizarre, I think would be a very kind word to put it. What is the message there, David J. Neal? Of course, he works for the Herald, so I think that answers the question. Here's a fax, by the way, that I just got. It says, I wanted to let you know something that happened on last night's sports channel telecast that goes along with what you're talking about. With a few minutes left in the game, your good buddy Rimmer said something to the effect of, Brian Murray received some unfair criticism this morning on a local talk show, which I assumed he meant Murray's show that morning. He also repeated the comment to Brian Murray after the game on the air. Thank you, sir, for faxing me that spy report. Unfair criticism? I didn't hear any unfair criticism yesterday in the 40 minutes that I heard of that hour. I heard some clowns saying that Neil Rogers ought to be the uh, general manager, which uh, was a dead giveaway as to where he was uh, coming from, where the call came from. But that's okay because I had encouraged people to call in. I didn't say be rude, be obnoxious, uh, give them unfair criticism. I said hold his feet to the fire and then instead of listening to the same old bull crap, try to get some reasonable answers, which of course they did not because they got the same story over and over and over again about Robbie's going to be this and Eddie's going to be bada beep, bada beep, bada boop, bada ba Can't do it. Can't stick my head up anybody's ass and stick out the tongue. Sorry about that. It gets mighty deep. Even the proctologist told me that inside that gets real dark in there, okay? And if being friends with somebody means that I have to come on the air and temper my comments and my opinions based on what they tell me to say, then that's not a friend. So as of this morning, I have to assume that my number of close good friends has diminished by two. No, I don't have to assume. I know that for a fact. In my lifetime, I have never, ever had anyone that I was even a casual friend with whose friendship depended upon my saying certain things or not, as the case may be on the air. Those are my opinions. I like Brian Murray personally. I think as a hockey guy, there are a lot of questions that need to be asked. I had dinner. I bought this guy dinner two years ago, and he said right across the table at Il Molino in Plantation from me and made the comment, it's too bad that Stevie Eisenman is such a little player. He'll never be a great player. Now it's interesting. We got rid of Barnes. He was too small. We got rid of Straka. He was too small. Now we got two small players and they're both good ones. We got Ray Whitney. By the way, you notice his role is diminishing and that's no accident. You'll see more of that. We got Ray Whitney and Dino Cicerelli and we got them both playing on the same line. What is that all about? And let me say it again. Neil Rogers was not on the radio when Doug McClain got the axe. It was long after that that I came back on the air. I was in Amsterdam reading the International Herald Tribune, finding out that Doug McClain had got fired after 23 games and i see now an organization that is basically emotionally crumbling these people are cracking under this pressure i mean there's no question about that from the way i see it at the top levels at the intermediate levels at the broadcasting levels i see all these people just falling apart so what if we didn't make the playoffs i mean it would be unfortunate we don't have that great of a team but i mean you got to take the good with the bad and you got to take the criticism with the plaudits and i'll be there attending as a fan <clears throat> with my Maple Leaf jacket or Panther jacket, depending on the mood, as the case may be, not wearing a Hussad shako or a Yarmulke or a uh, bunch of schmottes on other than my Maple Leaf jacket, looking like the same usual slob fan that I am. That's how I'll be there, David J. Neal. What's your story? I'm I i I'm still in shock over that. When Andy said to me that that's David J. Neal from the Herald, coming here dressed up like uh, Kunta Kinte, I said, what the hell is that all about? Oh, I can't say Kunta on air. Sorry. Sorry, Monica.
0: This is 560 QAM. This is Sports Radio 560 WQAM Miami, Fort Lauderdale.
3: Neil God.
1: Obnoxious, foul and distasteful. The
3: dolphins are cursing and man, it's disgraceful Cause Brian Cox and the rest of them are saying. Suck my make t-! my b-!
1: sh- out of you, mother oh! Words of love they toss in the
3: microphone. The dump button just can't seem to be left alone, and all of this is because they like saying.
1: Suck my t-! my b-! on you mother Oh But they play football badly I How did the patriots kick their ass? When will they make it to the Super Bowl? But with an attitude as bad as theirs what? They're tossing our hopes down the stairs Oh, man Rude, obnoxious, foul, and distasteful The dolphins are cursing, and man, it's
3: disgraceful Cause Brian Cox and the rest of them are singing Suck my dick lick my you. Yes, they're saying Suck my
1: dick my, lick my Motherf- oh, they're saying. Oh, bur- 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 bur-
4: the uh, here's the great facts and other phony facts we get from this Mike guy every day, who's a supposedly a very devout Catholic who's very offended. But listens every day. This goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show today. Thank you, Mike. Ordinarily, I throw your faxes in the old shot can, but today I'll make an exception because I did ask about people who are offended, and in your case, it's alleged very strongly. Enough is enough, he says. It gets old. No, it does not get old. Well, it does get old along with the rest of your body. I can name hundreds upon hundreds of heterosexual priests, he says, but he doesn't name one. He doesn't name one in the facts. Come on, Mike, let's get another facts. Let's get one name. When you have God in your life, sex is not important.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, my God. Good old celibate Mike, I guess, huh? Anyway, he says, being gay is not looked down upon in the uh, church. Unless you act on it, just as if a straight male has sex outside of marriage, it's a sin. In other words, we don't hate the sinner, we just hate the sin. Right, that's what Anita said. She wasn't even Catholic. One question, say you are right about everything you ever said about God and I am wrong. But what harm did it do? None. What if you were wrong and I am right? Do you want to face God with all those sins? Think about it. A hundred million people can't be wrong. Right, you tell him, That a boy, Mike. There's another one of these great leaders. He's not a follower. He's a leader. He's an original original figure. What, uh, what's the harm, okay, just to go along with the crowd? Just in case, let me cover my... Rectum. Oh, man, I'm just burping and belching all over the place. We want to find out if your husband or wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, is having oral sex with somebody else on the side or on their back or, uh, like, standing up, or what it is, do you consider that adultery? And we also would like to hear from some people from Arkansas, because they evidently have a different standard than most people would. Miami, hello.
1: How you doing, sir? Well. Uh, real, real quick, uh, oral sex is adultery. Why is that? Um, what's that? Why is, is that? that? Well, I mean... Uh,
3: is that is it only with I, a I guy?
1: Mean, I mean, ask your partner if it's okay for you to, you know, have oral sex with somebody else.
3: Ask my partner?
1: I mean, you know, if you're a woman, ask your husband. If you're a wife, you know, if you're a woman, ask, you know, if you're a husband, ask your wife. Yeah. Is it, is well, it, how
4: come Bubba doesn't think it is? Is that an Arkansas thing?
1: I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that's just, you know... I mean, you know, to me it is. I mean, I wouldn't want you know my girlfriend doing it, and I'm sure she wouldn't want want me doing it. Would you? I mean, do you think?
3: I guess it depends on whether you were doing it with a woman or a guy. I guess. If you were doing it with a guy, I think she might be taken aback.
1: Yeah, well, with a different person, you know. Yeah. uh, It's it's still the same thing. You know, it's like kissing somebody else. You know, it's the same thing. Same
4: thing. Well, kissing somebody else (coughs) with or without tongue um how about a little peck on the cheek.
1: Yeah, well, I mean we, we all know that we all know the the common line there, you know, but uh <laughs> <laughs> in, in any case, uh I was just wondering, you know, uh one of the things that bothers me is that uh you know, you remember uh Clarence Thomas and uh, Packwood uh, yes, sir? How, how the feminists, you know, rallied against them and I don't see the same thing going on here. And uh it it, it really doesn't matter, you know, what whether you're republican or democrat you know it's i thought feminists were there to to support women in whatever time of need and uh, it's just funny
4: well what what does that mean in other words the women should be supporting this little slut this whore is that what you're saying
1: well they supported Anita Hill and it was found you know oh,
4: what's what's the comparison between Anita Hill who is a bright educated woman and uh, who had a very legitimate story by the way uh, what? She was the victim. Exactly. She was the victim there. What was Monica Lewinsky the victim of here? She was she was uh, hanging around. She was a groupie. She came dressed scantily clad. They had to send her home to change her clothing several times. Of course, it was stained most of the time, I guess. But uh, what, where's the comparison between Anita Hill and Monica Lewinsky?
1: Well, you know, when it when it comes time to well,
4: Anita Hill was not Jewish, by the way. <laughs>
1: Well when it come, when it comes time to 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 support someone I mean th- what, what kind of things do you take into consideration the fact that they're either a no, but what is, a what is she
4: what is she the victim of? How has she been victimized?
1: Well she says that that Clinton went into the room or whatever and pulled down his pants and she was totally offended. I'm not saying no when, no
4: you yeah, that's that's uh, Paula Jones that's not right. an you got you don't even get out of here, sir. you've got so many uh oh man, that's Paula Jones. my God. I'm offended just by thinking about anybody showing it to Paula Jones. Maybe he said, hey, honey, you know what your nose looks like? She said what? He said, here, uh, could anybody blame him for that? At least there's some honesty in that. Hey, honey, your nose looks just like this. Does this look familiar to you? Yeah, that's what's on my puss. Oh, my God. This guy doesn't know Paula Jones from my, and she's also not Jewish, by the way, Paula. Monica, so in other words, the women should be coming to her aid because she's concocted this story, which still we don't know if it's true or not, and all of a sudden she's a victim, and years later, years later she comes up with this story. That's the best part. I like all these people who are like always bitterly offended and abused and etc., and they just keep real quiet about it because they've uh, suffered all this trauma, and now years later they come forward with these stories. Now, I can understand if somebody has been actually sexually abused, like all those altar boys, and they've suffered a real trauma, and it's really screwed up their head. They've gone through years like of uh, confusion and delusion, and they're terrified to come forward because people are going to think there's some kind of, like a Sheldon Kennedy story, for example. And by the way, I think he is, uh, well, that's beside the point. There's a good example. And I don't see any uh, any of the feminists coming forward to support poor Sheldon Kennedy or Theo Fleury or any of those guys. Right, Dino? Right. Here's a mobile in... uh, Miami, hello.
1: Hi, hey, Neil. I used to come from Arkansas one time, but... Uh... You used
4: to come from Arkansas <laughs> with a banjo on your knee, but now you come from North Miami.
7: Watching TV last night, they were going through uh,
1: uh, some of Monica Lewinsky's uh, classmates. Yes, sir. And asked her what religion he she was. probably went through
4: some of them, too, yes?
1: She's a Buddhist.
4: Oh, she's not Jewish. Oh, thank God.
1: Oh!
4: <laughs> Maybe she likes to rub Buddha's bald one. She's yeah, oh, I'm sure she was born Jewish. But at any rate, so, so what does that mean, that she's a Buddhist? In other words, the Buddhists have got a good head on, Buddha's got a good head on his shoulder.
1: Well, I guess the Buddhists don't have any
6: problem with uh, sex
4: like yeah, that. Yeah, they huh? do.
5: Sexual misconduct is one of the five precepts of Sheila.
4: Of well, what? Of <laughs> Shiite? Because that's what the president said. Ah, oh, Shiite, it was pretty good. Well, thanks for the good news, sir. Now all those yids can uh, take a deep sigh of br- There you go, Ma. She's not Jewish. She's a Buddhist, and it uh, wasn't so bad. It was only oral sex. Oh, sorry. Did I say something wrong? Coral Gables. Hello.
1: Hey Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. I realize you know a lot of girls I know they like it in the ear.
4: In the ear, huh? because
1: yeah, every time I put it in their mouth, they turn their head.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you think you think? <laughs> Not bad.
1: You think, uh, you think you think Monica's gonna take it off for two mil or what?
4: Uh I don't know how much this one's going to cost now if they would have just taken care of Paula for 1 million originally we wouldn't have had to get to this point.
1: Yeah, she got a bad nose. Very right?
4: bad. Uh, yeah, don't you think that uh, of course we don't know what the president's penis looks like nor do I have any interest whatsoever and I would hope that most people don't, but don't you think that her nose could bear a strong resemblance?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they're related maybe. In, In
4: fact, I think Paula could use a good nose nose job.
1: I'd like to see Monica naked, though. She looks pretty hot. I'd like to see that big mouth. Do you so.
4: think she looks pretty hot? Yeah, man. She
1: looks, she's got nice, She's got, nice, got a full fat
4: puss. She's got a real I love rum. it. I love it. You like a fat puss. Okay. Later. Thanks for the good news. And uh, it continues. Only, only the media people are taking this all very seriously, or even a little bit seriously. And, of course, the right-wingers who are just salivating and foaming at the mouth, I think that's foam on their lips. They're the ones that are just going eight-shot over it because they sense this great opportunity. And guess what? As usual, you can already sense it. That he just continues wiggling right away. Slippery willy man. He just, he can do it. You gotta hand it to him, man. From a distance. But just hand it to him because he can slip out of even the most intricate, the most involved, the deepest uh, problems. Only he can do that. But we seriously are trying to find out from the women out there and you just won't, uh, you won't give it up. As they say on the Arsenio show, and of course he's off the air now. If your husband or boyfriend, if you found out that he was getting oral sex from a, uh, another person, would it be worse if it were a man? Or another woman, because you know what's going on. You do know what's going on. There's a part of your mind that knows that. You don't want to admit it, but you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. No matter how gross, and in fact, probably the grosser and the uglier he is, the better a chance that's what's going on. Just ask Al Goldstein. Here's a lady in Pembroke Pines. Hello.
1: Hi, Neil. Hi. It's a great show. Yes, it is. uh you know, I used, I real, I listen to your show because it's crude. Good. And I love it. The cruder, the better. Right. So now, as far as Even your Even
4: oil people are crude.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. Anyway, your question about uh, oral sex? Right. Well, I'd be, I'd feel very betrayed if my husband was having oral sex with someone else. Right. Uh, first well, of all... It would be
4: worse if it were whether you found out it was from a man or a woman.
1: Well, I'd be definitely more shocked if it was from a man. <laughs> yeah. And I think it probably would be worse, for sure. Yeah. Just because well, we've been married twenty three years and uh I would be completely shocked if I found out he was now I'm really confused about bisexual. I think that, that word is wrong. I think
4: that means if you want it you gotta buy it.
1: I think no. I think that if a man is having sex with another man and he also likes women, I think he's uh a homosexual that likes women.
4: Well, I I Did hate you? listen, listen listen to the voice of experience, okay? Okay. I can tell you for a fact that men, many, not all, obviously, unfortunately, but men who are straight, many of them enjoy oral sex from a homosexual, from another man, a bisexual, whatever it might be. I don't think they ask a lot of questions. At least I've never been asked any questions. But at any rate, um, uh, and it doesn't make them gay. Really? It doesn't make them bi. It doesn't make them gay. It makes them horny is all it makes, I think.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's confusing for me. I think, because for me, if I went had oral sex with a woman, I, I would, couldn't do it to begin with. But if I did, I would, I'd consider myself gay.
4: Yeah, but I think oral sex with a woman as opposed to oral sex with a man, I think they're, they're, we're talking apples and oranges or some other fruits, if you know what I'm saying. There's, well, there's a great deal of difference Okay. if you follow my drift.
1: All right, well, anyway, that's the way I feel. You know, you can get AIDS from oral sex. That is correct. So that's one of the big things with me. I don't want my husband messing around because I don't want to get AIDS.
3: Excellent excuse.
1: And and besides, how many men wear condom when they're having oral sex? None. Right.
4: Absolutely none. Maybe one in uh, two billion.
1: And you can get oral uh, AIDS from oral sex with man or a woman.
4: <clears throat> that's right.
1: Well, that's so the way without, I do. So
4: just uh, don't pull it out. <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. You too. Bye-bye. So in other words, she don't want her husband uh, screwing around. She's been married for 23 years, and, boy, she's in for a bad surprise. Well, Now, that's wrong. He's, I'm sure, very, very loyal and very dedicated. And so he does get a little horny. He goes
3: on those long trips. Running while body repulses you more.
1: To my cousin, I was warming. Our genes, they are deforming. My face looks like it was just hit by a truck. My daddy, Bubba Finn, he married next of kin. Then out we came without much brains, green teeth and all. We're talking in bread. I love to drink that moonshine. We're talking in bread. I'm marrying my own kind, living in a shack right down the road. My brain cells, they're squirming like a toad. We're talking in bread. Aww. This song is really sick. My clothes have lots of creases. Sleep with all my nieces. I have just a room temperature IQ. Don't say I've got no class, or I'll kick you in the ass. Don't insult my sister or my mother. I'll call my dad, who is my We're brother. Talking in red. Our names are Bubba and Freddy. We're talking in red. Look, cousin Betty is in a teddy. Come down our road and we'll tie you to a tree. Deliverance was modeled after me. We're talking in ( obsession) bread. This song is really sick, so sick, so sick, so sick. We're talking in bread. This song is really sick, so sick, so sick, so sick, we're talking in bread. This song is really sick, so sick.
3: George is in for a real
4: big surprise. I mean, you're living there. Somebody like you, somebody is horny, and uh, a man of the world has even been to North Carolina. I mean, what are we talking about here? In Italy, and this is not something I'm making up because I'm some fag with swishbowl thinking, in Italy, especially in southern Italy, the attitude about sexuality is on the part of men that as long as you're not on the receiving act of anal sex, You are as straight as an arrow. You are heterosexual. You are not a fag. It doesn't make any difference what the act is, as long as you're not on a receiving In fact, that's not only in Italy. That's in many parts of Europe. It doesn't make you gay, George. Okay. And yes, they would do it again, and again, and again.
1: There's no fags in in the church.
4: So there you go. little lesson for you. It goes to show you don't have to be so uptight, because in the majority of the rest of the world, except, of course, for those chinks who are only uptight because they're very much oppressed, and if anybody catches them off of your head. And the one on your neck too. Here's North Miami. Hello.
6: Hello.
3: Yes, sir. Hi
6: Neil. What well, is um I will admit that uh one time, I'm a college student over at FIU. Yes. And uh man I tell you when they have been doing parties, I can't admit I am a straight guy. Um I'm half Puerto Rican and half Jamaican. My mother's from San Juan, Puerto Rico.
4: Yeah, which has
6: <laughs> and um yeah, I'm on. <laughs> And, are you uh, are
4: you on the verge of being our first courageous caller today, who's going to tell us that there's a I stri- am <coughs> I'm, I'm choked up about. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm I'm i I'm gagging on my meat over
6: uh, here. Hold on, I'll
4: Heimlich you. Know, oh, I, know, like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll pass.
6: I'm also a, a male dancer. That's where I'm right now at Charlotte Golden 161. So I am a. Nice-looking built guy, but I have to admit, and some of the other guys I know out there is straight. Yeah. And one of the guys who did me was from a Catholic church.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> now I am gonna to choke today, Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow.
6: Yeah. Uh, and how know, how was it? You know, I, I have to admit... How
4: was it, sir? Was it okay? It, it was... I
6: tell you, it was better than my girlfriend.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, no, no. Oh, my God! Yes! Yeah,
6: you know, um, it was, you know, uh, my girlfriend was there at the club, and a guy came with his wife, and they was bisexual. So.
3: Came with his wife, huh? Little yeah. Words, yeah.
6: <laughs> so, you know, they invited us back, and it was the first time, and I, I have to admit, if it happened again, I don't think I would say no, because... He said that uh, uh, a woman know what you like, but a guy always knows what a man really
4: wants. The guy knows uh, what, what that thing is all about. <laughs> That's right. So
6: I have to have some big cojones. And, uh, well, congratulations,
4: sir. If we had a million dollars in cash to give away, you'd be the one to get it.
6: And I have to admit, in closing, I am 24 and I'm a circumcised guy. All right. Thank you, Bill.
4: Congratulations, right. sir. That's my hero right there. There's a real good, virile, straight... That
2: damn faggot. I can't stand it. No,
4: that's a real uh, upstanding. See, there you go, George. What did I tell you? And, of course, it happened to the guy that was a, what did he say, was a Catholic priest who did him in the missionary position? Something like that. That'll put that Mike, uh, whatever his name, that Stinko Mike, whatever that guy's name is, that keeps sending the faxes, right up against the wall, no doubt. He'll be he'll be running out to the church before uh, 1230. He'll be over there confessing his, uh, sh- on his shins. Isn't that what they do? They confess on their shins? Here's Hialeah. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir.
1: Hey, I'm I'm the the one who's the president of Catholic United for Life. The one who told you there's no gays in the priest. There's no facts in, in the church. Right. Okay. You're talking about the. Other are you priest? Are you
4: going to be able to keep a straight push today or not? Yes, I am. Okay.
1: I, really, sure are you going to keep it straight? Yes, I am. How about your push? <laughs> you you're just the one who was talking about the priest. The one who was saying that uh booty. He didn't they didn't sue him. He was.
4: Well, what do you mean they didn't do him? What does that mean? You didn't do him? They didn't sue him. They didn't do him, you said.
1: Well, they didn't do him, but they didn't sue him. How do you him. know if they did him? They didn't sue him. Did
4: they you, didn't sue him, so and then they let him go. Do you read newspapers? Yes. It said a settlement was reached. What they do you think know, that There
1: was no, ma- no settlement. What? was none.
4: Oh, they just made that up, yeah.
1: There was none. You
4: better write some better material for your next call, pal. Okay, this is really weak. you really suck. This is weak.
1: Yeah, you're weak.
4: No, you, you, You're bad. scaring
1: me. You're scaring me, because the Catholics are the strongest organization.
4: The strongest orga- organization? I thought it was a religion. It is. Uh huh.
1: We're, it's a religion and we have an organization. Let, let
4: me ask you something. Did your boyfriend leave you? Is that why you're making all these boyfriend? calls? Boyfriend! I yeah. have a
1: girlfriend, okay? You have a what? I have a girlfriend, okay. not a boyfriend.
4: They're like you, who like the flung. I like the what? A flung. Oh, the, the flung. No, I don't prefer flungs, okay? Especially on French Canadians, they're grotesque. And, and he hung can up today.
1: You. There's
4: no facts in, in the church. Okay, nice to try, pal, but they're great, get great you material. Those Write yourself some better material next time, okay, pal? He's got a girlfriend named Eddie. Oh, not that Eddie. Sorry. Oh, but see, I just, I'm just i just a relentless bastard. You're right. Just keep banging away Remember and banging that away. Uh, we're talking today. We're finding all these uh, straight guys calling in. We've had, what, 2,000 of them call in who said that they've had oral sex from men and that they enjoyed it and would like to do it again. Here's uh, Mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir.
7: Let me tell you something, man. Hey. Yes, mean? Uh No, I'm sorry. I do with Cubans all day long, so instead of problem, I say brawling, you know, like that. Yes. Um, when I was growing up in Fort Lauderdale, uh, like when I was like 16, 15, 16, I looked older than I was. Yeah. So of course, you know, I'd go to the adult bookstores for the, you know, the porno movies and all that stuff. When
4: you were 15 or 16? Yeah. Yeah.
7: i yeah. oh so my. I'm, I'm like, I'm like six 2 I'm not, you know, I was always big. So
4: yeah. Yeah, sure.
7: They never gave me a hard time. So,
4: so I'd go there <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I,
7: I would go there. Right. And I would be like, I'd be watching the movies and like, I went to this one, one time and I didn't realize there were like, you know, those glory holes. You know, what? Dark, you know those glory, glory holes? The glory, you know what they are. Come on. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't realize because it's dark in there, of course.
3: Mm-hmm, of course.
7: And um, you know, I feel, I feel something like touching, touching me. I'm like, what the hell? And I sure it was a glory hole. So like, needless to say, I would like, I stayed away from that particular section of the uh, booth
4: of the establishment. Yeah. Right. And
7: then another time, I was in. And, in like, other
4: words, it was a one-eyed Gila monster? Is that what you say? Yeah,
7: that's probably what it was. I didn't really see, but I, it was soft, and you know, it had, you know. So,
4: Thank God it was still soft.
7: Right. Well, you know what I mean. and So it was really embarrassing for me. But, you know, I wanted to tell you. But the other thing that happened to me was I was in an adult bookstore, and I was looking out, picking out the movies I wanted, you know, like to look at in the booth. So yeah. I start heading into the booth, and there's this black guy, you know, like, like there's your gay guys, you know, like, you know the gay guys, they, they they like, scam in there. They wait for somebody to come in there so they can do something.
3: Yeah.
7: Yeah, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go in the booth, and this black guy comes to me. He looked like... um He's one of those old time black guys, you know, in the movies. He's real black and his eyes are real bulky.
4: Yeah, like, like Spencer, yeah.
7: Right, right. And he goes to me, he goes, um, I'm getting ready to go to the booth. He goes, hey, man, can I come in there with you? And I go, uh, no, man, I- I'm not into that. And he goes, oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. And he goes, uh, <laughs> I'll give you, he goes, I'll give you, a, you know, a job. And I go, no, man, thanks. I- I'm not into that. And he goes, I'll do it good. And I felt like saying, you know, oh, well, well, if you're going to do it good, then come on in. But, uh, yeah, it's I, I never had the feeling so like I don't know if uh, you know you believe me or not but that yes I that's do believe basically it. what happened
4: what, why would I, why would anybody make up a story like this
7: no I didn't I didn't make it up see my my, my old man had a salon on La Olas Boulevard a, a hair cutting salon so I grew up around gay guys all my life so I mean it never I never felt like it never felt repulsive to me I just it was just a faction of life that I just didn't have any. Didn't want to ascribe to.
4: Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. It's, black. it's a genetic thing, but you know, those black guys, they didn't develop those big lips just by accident over the years. Uh, like
7: he was the farthest looking away from being gay. I mean, he looked like yeah. he was like a migrant worker.
4: Well, that's very unusual because most black uh, fags tend to be like little Richard. They're very, very flamboyant. Exactly. I was saying, and real I was, screamers. I, I hate to generalize, but I would say 99 and 9 tenths of black gay males are like uh, just real screamers.
7: Right. I was in Key West over the weekend with my wife and they're just like, yeah, they got to wear ankle weights to stay on the ground. But they look good, though. You got to give them credit. You know, most gay, like black guys, they look
4: good. Because Louis Oliver was once telling me about that, but I don't want Roy Foster to over here, so right. I won't tell you. Have a great day, pal. Too, and congratulations for having, for sending your very best. So there's a story. that like borders right on the edge of it. Maybe they had mice or something in that joint. Okay, you felt something squeezing through that little hole. That's that's a good lesson. Of course, in this town, there aren't too many. In fact, in America generally, they've taken the doors off the uh uh booths the video booths in many of the adult establishments because, God forbid, even if people are in there alone, we sure don't want them to be doing nothing in there, do we? I mean, what the hell could they possibly be doing in there? Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello.
1: Hey, Neil. How are you doing? You know, you were looking for people to call up and defend the church. Now, I'm going to try to do that. I'm, I don't know if I'm defend qualified the church. It.
4: Defend the church about what?
1: Well, you call did it, I say you, that? Well, what did you say is people who are offended about some of the things you say about the church, something like that. And, um, you know, like you just made a comment about somebody – about the money. Somebody giving him money to the church
7: and, uh, you know, you gotta run right away. Things like that. I'm gonna tell you something. The one thing is, is that, like, first of all, it's like you blame the, you blame what, what the people do. I guess, I don't know the words I'm looking for, but man's corruption. You kind of, you hold it against what, I guess, what, the Bible stands for and
4: stuff like that. Sir, don't even, don't even bring me the Bible, okay? I will not debate the Bible with you. It's, no, it's Bible a Bible silly before. book written by primitive, idiotic, superstitious people. I mean, you're talking about today, 1998. We're okay. talking about religious institutions, big business. Let's stick to that. I'll talk with you about that, but I'm not going to debate all these silly books. I mean, it's, okay, it's,
1: okay, I agree with it's you. It's beneath but
4: my dignity to get into that crap.
1: Okay, I agree with you, but there's still men's corruption.
4: Well, nice, wait, what does that mean? What does that mean, men's corruption? Okay, me How explain. correct so was God that he was uh, telling people to kill uh, – what is it? His radio. Explain uh, it. Is your radio on in the back?
1: Most no, not. Now, that's know. just
4: the echo in this phone line, George. Yeah,
1: that's the – Go a ahead, it's, so it's, a, it's a horse phone line. All right, let me explain it. If, if you got a priest, and I agree there's a lot – I don't want up. a priest. I, I grew up Catholic, okay, and there's a lot of screwed up priests out there. I agree with that. I have even seen it myself. I, seen, I used to be an altar boy for like three months, and I got out of it. Like, Why did you get out of it? Because there was one guy who was a son of a bitch who was drunk all the time. and couldn't stand him. One of the priests, and I and I just said, forget it. I can't do this anymore. But you know, I I have never seen firsthand that these guys are gay or they molest children. But I agree that that's a. But you're going to take and blame because of that. You're going to say that the rest of them are gay. You know, they're human beings. You know, so you can't so just, what does that mean? That means that just because there's a few bad apples doesn't ruin a whole bunch. Doesn't well, what
4: does being a bad apple have to do with being gay? Every priest that I've ever met in my life is gay. And I, well, what are you talking about, bad apples? I'm not condemning them for that. I'm condemning them for their hypocrisy. That's what I'm talking about. And also for the fact that, that heterosexual married couples or couples that are going to get married or single people go to them for sexual counseling. And these people are busy on the other side of the uh, of the confessional. They're thumping away, getting their their rocks off. That's what I'm talking about. And you know it as well as I do.
1: Yeah, but you, yeah, all of them, Neil. Come on, seriously. All maybe, of them?
4: maybe just most of them, okay?
1: Well, see, I don't know how you can say that. See, one,
4: very one, easily. I just would you like me to say it again, sir? Most of them, maybe all of them.
1: Yeah, but you you, you say it, but it's easy to say. But you have no proof to that. You say that you, every every priest you is a sack. That's right. How do you know that?
4: Because there is it takes one to know one, sir. I would bet every dime I got in the world.
1: Well, you know, not to mention, yeah, I'd say that the Catholic religion is fairly corrupt. You know, that so they then what know.
4: are we talking about? What <laughs> is the point, <laughs> sir? What is the <laughs> point?
1: <laughs> okay,
4: get a new phone. Maybe your priest will buy a new phone because that one really blows. Get out of here. I kept him on way too long because the quality of the phone was really horrendous, but then if I would have cut him off, they say, see, he's got something he disagrees on there. He's going to make a good point. He's cutting him off. Cut this. Cut the crap. I mean, we go through that whole, and every time you try to have one of those conversations, and I never said anything about having people defend the church. That's not what I was talking about. I got this Mike Stinko guy that keeps sending me 400 faxes here that evidently uh, can't get over the fact he was molested by a priest sometime, or whatever his problem might be. I have no idea, but is obviously uh, just obsessed with his Catholicism. If you don't like what I'm saying, Mike, so quit wasting no pay- paper, okay? My God, go find yourself alive. Go uh, take communion. Rub your rosary beads. Go stick a wafer in your puss. Go stick a couple of nickel wafers in there get your blood sugar up. God, man's corruption, man's... Oh, Jesus, talk about a man who's got no gray matter left between his ears. Just remember one thing, sir.
1: There's no fact in, in the church.
4: There's a great Houston in pop <laughs>
3: Hey, baby,
1: come play with my slaw. It may be hanging down, but you can make it big and long. Hey, baby, come play with my slaw. You don't have to swallow, it, I have a washcloth. Ain't to please when you're going down on me? Mm. Oh, yeah. where's designer pads upon your knees. Mm. You can get my hormone too Well, here I come, come The roughest man the Come with Who's your
4: daddy now? By the way, CNN, to show you how brilliant the American people are and how they're not easily swayed, before the President's State of the Union address last night, the poll was, is, does the President set a good moral example? Only 35% said yes. After the speech, 49% said yes. He sets a good oral, or moral, was it a moral example or oral example? One or the other. Now, 98% of the men all said yes. The men, women were a little pissed off. Andy Blyler, a married 32-year-old theater technician at the Vancouver Washington School of Arts and Academics, held a news conference Tuesday night to announce that he had a five-year affair with Lewinsky, that little bitch, and that she had bragged of a sexual relationship with a high-ranking White House official. Blyler's lawyer, Terry Giles, who did most of the talking, said he and the Blylers were inclined not to believe much of what Lewinsky told them because they considered her untruthful. Kathy and Andy would both describe Monica as having a pattern of twisting facts, especially to enhance her version of her own self-image, Giles said. Charles said Lewinsky told Blyler she was having oral sex with a high-ranking White House official and was frustrated and agitated that it was all he wanted. He added that she referred to the official as the creep. Lewinsky referred to the president as the creep on secretly recorded tapes made by former White House colleague Linda Tripp. The Creep. So are we starting to see a pattern of what this was all about? So in other words, she's a typical fat chick making up stories
5: about how uh, erotic her love life is and everything like that. But
4: even if it was true, you see, she was jilted. And they finally uh, tossed her ass out because she was coming to work naked every day. They said, go over to the Pentagon. They like that over there. They'd like to send a missile, a heat-seeking missile, into you immediately. And uh, that was the end of that. And so she felt jilted and betrayed and upset if this was all true. And so now because she referred to him as the creep, is there any doubt that she was out to make a tinnitus in a song and a dance? And especially a tinnitus because she's Jewish. And oral sex, too, Ma?
2: Oy.
4: Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Ma.
2: No, you're not oral sex.
4: And so anyway, the thing about Kelly Mitchell at Channel 7, I have a fax, which I don't know if this is true, but it says they kicked her out of the anchor spot because she warned people to take their children out of the studio before she discussed Clinton's sexual allegations on the newscast. And they evidently had a little contretops there in the studio, and she opened up a big puss, and that was the end of Kelly Mitchell at Channel 7. How do you like that? Hey, those kids want to hear about it. Coconut Grove. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir.
1: Yo, what's going on? Uh, Did you hear, I think I heard on 960 on the news, they said that uh, this, uh, what's her name, Monica bitch, that they offered her like a couple of million to come out uh, in Penthouse and give a story and everything.
3: That (laughs) f***ing bitch. How do you like that? A real (laughs) slut. A real major slut.
1: Yeah, who would want to see her fat puss anyway in Penthouse?
4: Exactly, or her face, right.
7: you got to put her like in bigums or something.
4: (laughs) Okay, thanks for the good news. Talk about the the low price spread. Here's a lady in uh, Miami. Hello.
2: Uh, yes, I'm calling you about because you're talking all the time about sex. I want you to know if they don't give you sex, or you retire.
4: What are you What are you saying, ma'am? What language are you speaking? Hello. Hello. What What la- What are you saying? What language are you speaking? English.
2: I speak all languages.
4: Yeah. Well, what did you just say? Would you like I... to get your interpreter out of the closet for me and tell me what you just said?
2: I see. The you all the time speaking about
4: sex, Ralto? Well, uh, let me ask you something. On the news now, when they're talking about Monica Lewinsky and the president, what is that about? Is that about sex or is it about uh, world affairs?
2: I'm talking about you. I don't talking about nobody else. I'm What, talking what, about is, what is
4: the what is the topic that is in the news? I We're think talking I today think about you don't, oral sex. The today. They don't give you sex. Do, do you, you enjoy giving oral sex? That is our question Do you enjoy giving oral sex, ma'am?
2: You know, get a uh, towel and have a sex. Bye.
4: Nah, okay, go get a towel. She's probably had more <laughs> in her mouth than uh, Carter's Got Pills, than Monica Lewinsky. But she's listening, baby. She can tell you what I've been talking about all day long. And since she says you always talk about this, she's listening every day. Every single day. But it compels her. The Spirit of Christ compelled her, like they said in the Exodus. Remember that, Father Mirren? The Spirit of Christ compels you. The Spirit, yeah, me a bunch of bullcrap with this already, okay? Like, the, like David Seville and the Witch Doctor. Once they start talking this religious cock on it's enough to make you lose it. We were having a good time here today. We were having a hell of a good show and then all of a sudden these uh these maniacs they started going to heat because they started hearing all this stuff about priests, and of course we all know that. I mean that's no that's no big news. That is that's as old as the hills. And there's that certain element just like her, she goes off the deep end. She may have actually been enjoying herself and have a good time with the show today until all of a sudden somebody said priest bada beam bada boom about she's going nuts out there. Mobile in Miami. Buenas tardes. How you doing, Neil? Great.
1: Hey, uh, I'd like to uh, talk about your uh, religious views. I'm probably happy that I've been talking to somebody who has the same views that I have. It just... It seems to me that whoever uh, can't cope re- with reality has to cope with religion, you know? That,
4: there you go. People who are weak, people who are like little lemmings, they don't have enough balls to deal with reality and with death and face the world the way it is, which isn't all that pleasant, and so they have to have a crutch. That's exactly right, sir. Yeah, very, right. very weak people, which is most people.
1: If you think about it, most people that do turn to uh, Christi, uh, Christian to any views to any of it, uh, they're usually like uh, recovering alcoholics or drug addicts oh, or, yeah, that's real or big. prostitutes or what have you, you know? That's right. It's, People that just can't cope with reality. And I just, I'm glad that I finally have somebody that's on the radio and actually talking about these views. You Neil, know?
3: God, exactly. Yeah, there you
1: go. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Neil. Nice talking to you. God
4: bless you, my child. All right. Okay. Take care. Don't sneeze. Yeah, it's long overdue. There need to be about 10,000 of us who, uh, you know, just talk. It's not a question of anti-religion. It's just talking common sense and talking reality and just trying to strike back at the stranglehold that all these big, corrupt businesses have on the brains of the human race, and especially in this country. You go to Western Europe, and even though there are plenty of churches, many of them very, very old, the attitudes of most people on religion, except in Northern Ireland where they're killing all over each other because of it, the attitudes of most people is like, ah, who cares, it's not a big deal, it's a bunch of bubble mice, which it is. Bubba sees, like that old spick woman I called a minute ago. Just keep repeating that lady. Bubba mysy, bubba, my see, bubba my That's it. Say it again. Well, that's close enough for a start. Bubba Just say that over and over again. And stop giving and schlepping and giving your money and your energies to a lot of fairy tales so you can make a lot of uh, fags and dresses richer and richer. Although I'll tell you one thing. Now that they can't get any insurance anymore, any liability insurance, they may be not so rich. That's why they need more of your money. That's why the popes run around saying, make a lot more babies. We need your money. Because they keep getting all these lawsuits, all these molestation suits, and they keep settling them out of court, in behind closed doors, and in behind a erectamery, and paying off millions of dollars. So we know they must all be invalid. Or is that invalid? Hey, it's hot weather time.
1: Monica, Monica, was the president pleased? Monica. Monica, with your performance on your knees
2: Was he standing,
1: or did he sit? Did you swallow, or did you spit? Did he issue a number to wait on line? Monica, Monica, you go. a gold Compared to the other ones this guy's had Your conversations with him on the phone Provided Kempstar with a stiffer and harder
2: investigation Monica, Monica, What's a nice Jewish girl like you?
1: Monica, Monica Wearing a dress with President
2: Did you feel silly? And were you surprised? To find that really was uncircumcised With Hectorino jeans and a tiny sprout on
1: Monaco Monaco,
4: Also, speaking of Monica Lewinsky, you notice much, 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 much less to be said now because Kenneth Starr is getting kind of lukewarm on this bitch. You notice that? And there may not even there may not be any deal because there may not be nothing there and maybe uh, it's all a lot of smoke. That's fucking bitch. That's right. Maybe she's only blowing smoke. But at any rate, if buried they should have been on the front page of the newspaper today, but buried on page ten A, as they say in Toronto, is these are a couple of very short paragraphs which should give you a pretty good idea of where this whole thing lays and lies right now. It says, in discussions with prosecutors to determine whether Lewinsky should be granted immunity from prosecution, Ginsburg, that's William Ginsburg, her attorney, has not offered him to have his client make those statements, said a lawyer involved in the case. One of the lawyers said the tapes indicate that Lewinsky, now 24, characterized the president's remarks more as a suggestion and not a directive by any means. In other words, like, maybe it would be a good idea not to uh, let anybody know that you're sucking my, uh, Do you know what I'm saying? and not a directive like go lie about it, <clears throat> etc. So you'll notice how the story keeps changing faster than Monica's uh, panties. It's changing like crazy. Also, Judge says Navy violated don't ask, don't tell. The ruling came amid accusations that the Navy is pushing Senior Petty Chief Officer Timothy R. McVeigh with de- punishing, with demeaning jobs, and exposing him to possible assault. <laughs> In the first such ruling, a federal judge said on Thursday that the Navy violated the military's do not ask, do not tell policy when it dis- dismissed the sailor for a homosexuality based on an anonymous online message. And it goes on and on. And, of course, they're going to appeal it and waste a lot of your taxpayer money, and the courts will finally say, you're full of crap, and pay him $50 million and don't pass go, etc. I
1: really hope you use this on the air. I've been listening to QAM now for maybe... 20 years at least. I've been living here for 40 years. I've never heard anything as disgusting as this Neil Rogers program. I've heard it before. It's it's pornographic. The thought of my granddaughter of one of my kids listening to is bizarre. I I tell you frankly, I am done listening to your
3: station. This is the most gross thing I have ever heard. And as far as I'm concerned, you're off my book. Goodbye.
4: As the days go on, I think we must be accomplishing some tremendous things on this program because I'm noticing that there are, like that uh, guy we had on the V-mail there, a tremendous number of people who are bitterly offended and deeply upset and, uh,
3: what's the other word, disgusted. Disgusted I, and offended.
5: I was just upstairs. Several power people, salespeople and otherwise, are getting obnoxious messages on their voicemails also just by association. Really? Just because we're in the same building.
6: All right.
4: Excellent. So we must be doing, because I've said before, if you're on the air and you're not pissing off a lot of people and getting a lot of people really grossed out and revolted and upset, you're not doing anything. You're boring. You're just plain boring. Anybody can go on the air and be boring. Anybody can go on the air and kiss ass. But to go on the air and get everybody worked up into a frenzy. And I noticed really last night at the hockey game at the Miami Arena, I noticed before the game and in between periods when I was walking down the hallway to go take a leak and whatever else, I noticed that uh, you can see it in the faces of people. There are a lot of people, like there always have been, who come up to me, who know that I'm the hockey god, the hockey maven, and they're very appreciative of the fact that I've been speaking out for them and not just shilling like some of these other people. And then there's another group, again of course there are a whole bunch of people that haven't got any idea who I am, which is fine. And then there's another group of people who look at me like,
1: oh,
4: it's the Antichrist, it's that disgusting fag, which I take tremendous pleasure in that. I love that. I enjoy it tremendously. So keep those obnoxious mail messages coming. And remember, they will be played on the air. But I give that guy credit. He said, I hope you do play this on the air. He remembers
3: QAM when it was
1: wonderful, when it was wonderful,
3: when it was boring. I remember that.
4: I remember that, that too, like about 400 years ago, when WQAM and WFUN were basically the only AM stations that anybody cared about, except for WIOD, which all the old farts used to listen to. Remember that station?
1: W-I-O-D. Oh, I hate that station.
4: And that was basically it. That was your... Uh... Now, what about Wins? INZ was on here in those days. Jerry Witchner was there getting his wig stolen time and time again and freaking out about it.
5: Yeah, but they weren't playing ABBA.
4: Do you think that Jerry Witchner's wig is related to Bob Eisenberg's? We'll have to check that out. Only Bob's doesn't change color like Jerry's used to. So yesterday we did this show and we were talking about oral sex because the uh, president and Monica Lewinsky, if nothing else, they brought oral sex, I mean, right into the forefront of American society. Everybody is looking in, uh, into that so to speak, and what's why, why is it disgusting and offensive if we talk about it here on the air when all the people on CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, CBS, ABC, uh, Fox News, they're all talking about it. Time Magazine, I think, uh, used the term blowjob or something like that. Yeah, I think they did. Well, that's a legitimate forum,
5: and we're just a bunch of goofballs, and we're going to say it and then titter.
4: Yeah, because we might actually enjoy it. Like the people at Time Magazine don't enjoy a good blowjob, right? Right. See, you can't deal with the truth. We've got so many emotional cripples out there. It's terrifying to me. It's very sad. Oh, I don't like what he says. Well, I don't care whether you like what I say, but what I say happens to be pretty much on target. And what I say, also, you won't hear anybody else saying, because like I told you the other day, most of them are a bunch of ass kissers. Why is it that so many people get very, they 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 just become unglued when they hear things that challenge the preconceptions that they've been very satisfied to hold for years and years and years. And somebody says, well, guess what? You're full of crap. Oh, no, it can't be. Well, guess what? You are. You've been led down a garden path, you assholes. See, one other thing I want to make very clear, and that is that those people who complain to the Power 96 people, complain to Greg Reed, complain to Duff Lindsay, complain to this one, this show ain't going anywhere, except straight to the top. That's where we're going. In fact, we're already there. So, you have choices. You know, you can either continue listening and being, pretend you're being aggravated even though you really like it. You can turn it off, find something else to do, like go out and play golf, which would be good for boring people who don't like this show. Or you can just like, uh, you know, just get in a uh, car and just wander off the Hershey Highway somewhere and get out of our lives. Nobody is forcing anyone to listen to this show.
1: But they're disgusted and they're revolted and they're, good, excellent.
4: This is such a goddamn boring town anyway. If you can disgust and revolt people, even that alone at least is making our juices flow a little bit. That's all Monica was doing. My God, what the hell is wrong with these uptight, prudish, asshole people? Here's uh, Davy. Hello. Neil? Yes, sir.
1: Hi. One of the things, though, the reason I wanted to thank you and also to call you about this oral sex deal. Yes. I had heard about it yesterday and was listening to you, of course, and uh, many years ago in a national fraternity that I belonged to, a lot of the pledges, the guys that want to get into the fraternity, they do several rituals and things and all kinds of crazy Oh, things. yeah. But one of the nights, they get together and they, they basically... Collect money like a cover charge they they show uh porno flicks and whatever you they can pick up they uh v that was before the VCRs, really they were all these little eight millimeters or mm-hmm. whatever they were right and they sell uh booze there to the brothers and get everybody drunk and everybody's horny well they decided they were going to bring in uh, a couple of girls to relieve all these horny guys there's about twenty or thirty guys there and uh I never had any oral sex from a man at least that if I haven't you know that I know honestly but these two gals that came in they looked great they gave oral sex to about 20 or 30 guys a couple of them went back in for seconds and the the bottom line was at the end of the evening they I were, found out they, they were, were men
4: women. right they were drag queens
1: they were men and I don't oh, know what right. the, Wow were, and these guys went in for seconds so I don't know if that helped you. Now, now,
4: did these guys find out about that afterward or Well, right?
1: the pledges were scared to death to let the brothers know because they felt that, you know, they would be severely punished for that. You yeah. know, the, the macho, uh, a lot of this macho image, you know. And it didn't want, we didn't want other fraternities to find out. So, was, so there
4: you go. I think it proved that don't ask, don't tell is probably a pretty good idea.
1: Exactly. They, they did find out a couple of days later. Yeah. And, uh, most of the guys took it in stride and didn't think much about it. <laughs> they but, took
4: it in stride. I <laughs> will bet they did.
1: But they were, uh, to coin a phrase, they were waxing the shillelaghs pretty good that day.
4: Unbelievable. Night. Thanks a lot, pal. Well, thank your you, sir. Bye ha- bye now. Have a good one. There you go. With your eyes closed, who knows the difference?
1: Fraternities.
4: Oh yeah. They do such silly things.
5: Why do you think they use uh, Greek names and Greek letters?
4: You're not talking about Correctum. it, are you? Here's a mobile in Pompano. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you
1: been, brother? Great. Um, last night I was watching this movie on HBO, uh, you know, talking about this priest thing, uh, you know, this week. There was this movie called Judgment. I don't know if you've seen it. It was no. about this priest who molested this kid. And, then you know, finally, you know, they, they, they proved that he did it. You've
4: seen it. You spoke about it. Well, that was the one that was on the CBC first, I think.
1: I don't I don't I don't know, but I'm yeah. I'm just saying but um
4: Absolutely.
3: at
1: at the end of the movie they had this caption where now the insurance companies won't right. won't insure the That's Catholic right. church because this guy was sued or the Catholic church was sued for like one point two five million and now they're like, you know, they're hanging out to dry these guys and I don't know, it's just unbelievable. I think they need to really deal with this thing, you
4: know? Well, they are dealing with it. They're paying off people behind closed doors, and they've been doing that for years, and that's their idea of dealing with it. Right. And they're in denial, and every once in a while they come along and they make like a blanket apology, and they say, we're sorry that we did you on the blanket, and uh, that's their idea of dealing with it. They just just continue being in denial. Sixty Minutes did that piece with Mike Wallace about five, six years ago, where they uh, showed that so-called rehab place in uh, New Mexico. Right. Or they send the priest to be rehabilitated, and then they send them to some other, uh, uh some other parish somewhere or from wherever they were in the first place, and they go in and they start molesting a bunch of kids there. It's, it's just a, uh, like a shuttle. You know, they just shuttle them around different places from one to another, and they just pretend it's not going on.
1: Right. Well, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, I was, I was sent to the Catholic Church. Um, luckily, I, I was, uh, smart enough to, uh, um, you know, not, not, not to become an altar boy or not to get into the, I was even kicked out of, of uh, CCD.
3: Excellent!
4: Congratulations. So, so I,
1: probably, I, I laughed. I mean,
4: after all the things we heard about Columbus High yesterday, I mean, God only knows what's
3: going on. I, I
7: turned around and laughed at the devil also. So, but um, you know, I knew this one kid,
1: and um, he he finally became abrupt. Even when I was growing up as a kid, this guy was a little strange. So I was wondering what his deal was. Why did he become a brother? And I'm, I think even now he's a priest. I I moved away from where, you know, where, where that area was. But I mean, I've been living here for like 24 years now. So. Uh, You know, I guess this guy's a little, he's an oddball.
4: Congratulations to you, sir. All
1: right, Neil, you take care. Have a good one.
4: What do you mean by that?
1: If you want a big...
0: This is Sports Radio 560, WQAM,
3: Miami, Fort Lauderdale.
2: Gordon gives South Florida a major blowjob.
3: Hey, guys, if you're single and spend most of your nights alone in your room, why not work out if you catch our drift? It's easy with Soloflex. Soloflex is the high-tech workout device that's effective because it works on one muscle at a time. In fact, it works on only one muscle. But you can set it up in 20 different ways to work on that one muscle. Yes, there's nothing like a session with Soloflex to get sweaty and feel good about yourself.
2: Tommy, are you in there? Hello? What are you doing in there, Tommy?
3: And when you're done, or if you're interrupted, Soloflex folds up quickly and hides in the back of your closet. SoloFlex in the 90s, working out alone is the safe and healthy way to go. Call now for a free hands-on demonstration. we got the mobile in Miami next. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir.
1: How are you today?
3: Very well. Tremendous. Never been better.
1: Uh, listen, I wanted to call in because I'm one of those guys who's had uh, both sexes give head, and, hell, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't mind calling in.
3: How do you like that? Yeah, we did. And uh,
1: for your listeners out there, there is a different... Definite difference between a male and a female given head.
3: And what is that,
4: sir?
1: Well, obviously, guys know their, uh, know guys' bodies a whole lot better.
4: That's,
3: that's my point.
1: And I also want to ask you how many of the, uh, Catholics do you think are going to call in asking for those videos today?
3: Oh, my God.
1: There's no facts in, in the church.
4: Definitely none. Well, listen, well,
1: <laughs> I grew up here in, uh, Miami and I went to a Christian school and, uh,
4: not Columbus High. Uh, no. <laughs> Thank God. You're the one. Excuse me? You're the one guy that uh, didn't go to Columbus side that can talk about a story.
1: Uh, No, actually, I didn't. Uh, But, uh, no, I wanted to call in and just kind of share that with uh, you and your listeners.
4: Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it.
1: Hey, you have a good one.
4: And back to you. I wish I did. The fax machine is very quiet. They're just uh, not going to come out of the closet there. And, of course, you had to open up your big mouth about how we get the numbers. What an asshole you are. We're not interested in tracing their numbers. We're not trying to intimidate. We're just trying to force a little bit of honesty here, which is not going to happen. Trust me, we're not interested. In- uh, no, we are not. Well, you're not. Here's a mobile in uh, Hollywood. Hello. Hi, Aaliyah. Hello. Hello. Yes, ma'am.
2: I just want to know why you're so mean, Neil.
4: What does that mean?
2: What does that mean? Why are you such an asshole?
4: I'm not. Why are you an asshole?
2: I'm not an asshole. Why can't you just be nice like all the gay guys?
4: What is what it? Be nice about what? What are you talking about?
2: I'm talking about you. Why, what, what
4: is not nice? I'm one of the nicest people you'd ever know. Do you know me? Have you ever met me?
2: I, I know you through the radio. You're no, this,
4: doing is, a- this is a radio show. Do you know the difference between a radio show, which is entertainment, and real life, or are you one of those people who's so stupid that you don't I know I'm the just, difference?
2: I know the difference. So what are you? you talking about? I'm talking about
4: you. Yeah, so why do you listen to the show if you don't like what I do on here?
2: Why well, can't you just be nice. I even, no, let, I let me ask you, I ask you
4: again. Why do you listen to the show?
2: Answer my question.
4: No, as, answer my question. Why do you listen rather than call me and tell me how to be? I'm
2: I just listening, in, and you're just like an asshole to So everything. then what are you
4: listening for? That makes you an asshole if you keep listening long enough to call in here. I'm not going to change <laughs> my life. You are. What is it? What is it?
2: Not as much as that. Get as out
4: of here, you silly. I mean, that's, uh, that's some kind of... You're not even at the sandbox level. You're an asshole. No, you're a bigger asshole. Get out of here, you silly bitch. She just happened to be listening. You listen to the show every damn day, sweetheart. Every day. My Juliet friend, and I guarantee if I had tickets here for Enrique Iglesias or Luis Miguel or Julio Iglesias or Ricky Martin or some uh, spick singer out there, I guarantee you'd be sucking around here like I was the greatest thing since sliced guayaberas, whatever the hell that is. And if you don't want to wear them, eat them, is what I say. Eat this. Why can't you be so like all the other gay guys? Yeah, all the gay guys I know are real sweethearts, okay? I know some gay people that would, like, eat you up for breakfast. Not literally, of course. Man, oh, man, what a stupid, stupid, there you go, one of yours, one of those ones you were talking about yesterday. Right, I tried to tell you. Oh, my God, probably got a big fat ass, too, no doubt.
1: Well, that's the best part of it.
4: that's That's what I'm thinking. Here's Miami, hello. Neil. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for the shirt I got a couple of weeks ago from you. Thank you very much oh, for that. Oh,
4: Dickens Cider t-shirt? Yes. Well, you're certainly welcome, sir. We're in good health.
1: Okay, and I got a story for you about the, um, the men-pleasing men thing, and all the guys out here to say it doesn't happen. Okay. Okay, you know those little peep um, show rooms that go at the adult bookstores, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, about a year and a half ago, I'm inside of one.
4: Now, please don't tell me there was a glory hole in the wall because I'm not old enough to hear these stories.
1: Well, there was a glory hole in the wall. Oh, I did it. I did not know oh what God. I did not know what this was at the time I was in there. I'm in there for. Oh, about, did
4: you think there were like mice in the place or something? No, I, mean, I
1: didn't see it. Like I didn't notice it. You know, I, did, I just went in there. Right. And I'm I'm in there and about. Now
4: what what were you doing in there?
1: I was. But you can you can use your imagination. Okay. Okay. Right. And I'm watching and I'm watching, looking through. About two minutes after I'm in there, something pops through the glory hole.
4: Definitely and, a mouse.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely a mouse. Bald headed mouse. And and it all was dark complected. <laughs> didn't want to, didn't want to know what was in the next room. Well, needless to say, I j- closed the door oh, man. and I got out of there in a second. Yeah. And this place happens to be about two blocks from Columbus Senior High School. <laughs> 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 and and I like to say maybe that it was,
4: maybe it was Father OJ.
1: <laughs> Father yeah, okay. that's Could've what they had to call. Oh, no, let me tell you, all the girls that work here with me, they love you, but they're all afraid to call you.
4: Well, at least they're uh, they got that other bitch. Uh, they got her beat by about a hundred yards.
1: So let me tell you, put hey, her
4: back on a banana boat.
1: Well, i like to I'd like to call um Michelle and Adrian. A flaming douchebag, because they're out, they're very, they're I mean they're just chicken to call you.
4: Come to stand up for, for old glory.
1: Hey Neil, can we get can I suck around for one of the gay videos
4: for them? Sure, no problem. Okay. Now which one do you want? How about horse video volume one? That that'll be the big event of their weekend. I, I mean are
1: they hung, are they really hung like a horse? Because that's the one they
4: want. Like Harry Elefante.
1: Like Harry Elefante, I'm gonna give them Harry Elefante. You wanna you wanna say hi to Michelle? Now she wants to talk to you. You wanna say hi sure, to? her? no problem. Okay, one second, one second, come here. Come here, Michelle. Do not Come get on, the, Michelle. Neil does, up a little bit. Sooner.
4: Neil does not bite. Neil has never bit. You want to bet? <laughs> yeah, I do curl my lips. Hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing?
2: I'm finding yourself. Are you
4: terrified of me? Are you scared? Do you have the, the idea that I'm some kind of a nasty, miserable bastard? No, no.
2: Actually, well, he is not just my coworker. He's my boyfriend. But he's told me so many stories about you.
4: I'll bet. <laughs> Don't believe any of them. <laughs> And keep him away from those glory holes, too, Michelle.
2: Really? No, that was way before us. I hope so. <laughs> I think, I think
4: it was at least a week ago. Okay, yeah, hang on, not. sweetheart. We'll send you something good.
2: Okay, thanks.
4: Hang on. Take care of uh, Michelle and her uh, Godisha boyfriend there, line three. Hi, Aaliyah. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir.
1: Hey, uh, Neil. You had the other caller about the, uh, he was, uh, he had sex with a priest and everything. Yes, sir. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think he's bitter. And I think he just, there's no fact in, in the church. Oh,
4: this isn't the same guy again, is yes, it? Yes, it is. Oh, now what, Are you going to be calling us every day with this uh, bubble mic? Why don't you come up with a new routine?
1: But did, you, did you always,
4: um, the Stop sounding like something like gilding <sighs> now, okay? You're auditioning for the morning show?
1: No. Yeah, No? You know, the promise is that you're the Calm down.
4: Bring it down a couple of octaves you and can't, stop, can't, down, stop sounding like a gilding.
1: You're trying, you know, attack the Catholic there Church. There you go.
4: Now you're talking just like to, a real man. You're trying to um, attack
1: the Catholic Church? No,
4: sir, I don't attack the Catholic Church. I attack all churches, all synagogues, all Hindus. Why are you ashamed Christians?
1: of your religion? Why are you ashamed of your religion?
4: I'm not ashamed of any religion. I'm no, no, gonna, no, why are you ashamed of your religion? I don't believe in fairy tales, sir, do you?
1: It's not, it's the only fairies fairy tale, I believe in are the it,
4: ones who work here at QAM. Get out of here. You're weak today. There's
1: no fact in, in the church.
4: Okay, that's it. You already made promo once, pal. Don't push your luck too hard.
1: Salespeople are ice holes.
4: I want to start the uh, month of February and this week with something that I rarely, rarely, if ever do, and that is apologize to a sales hole. Because I've been saying since I came on here, and again, I don't, you know, I'm brand new on this station. I don't know a lot of these people. I don't know the different personalities, the different psychoses, etc. So everybody's telling me that Gary Sarner is an asshole. And, of course, he gets fired. And then a week later, they hire him back. And now I'm beginning to understand why. Gary Sarner, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, is the sports sales manager, right, was, oops, used to be, well, at any rate, he was involved in selling the, the ball games, the Dolphins, the Marlins, the Panthers, whatever, the sports stuff. Now, it seems to me, and, again, I don't know because I'm certainly not privy to any uh, numbers or any real inside information, but it seems to me that when you listen to the sports events on this station, that there's a lot of advertising. In fact, when a game is over like a Panther game, I mean, on and on, which is fine. You've got to get those spots in there, make some bucks. Great. But the fact that we've got, what, 42 sales managers here, it indicates to me that maybe, Gary, now he is hung like a mosquito. That part I do not retract because we've talked to guys who have showered with him. And, yes, they do have communal showers here. Roy Foster was telling me about that last week. He said, just like being with the Dolphins, you shower the salespeople. And I said, from well, Lou Ann's not involved in that, is she? Well... Maybe that's why Linda Doyle left. She couldn't She couldn't handle the heat anymore, so to speak. <laughs> Those communal sail showers. Well, if you're going to be a sports station, you got to have that kind of sports ambiance. So at any rate, uh, they have told me that Gary Sarner is hung like a gnat, okay? So I don't take that back. But he may not be an asshole because at least, maybe he's an asshole that at least gets his job done. So I've been thinking over the weekend, because Friday something happened to me driving home that just I've been I've been thinking about this a lot because I've heard a lot of people bellyaching about there's no spots, there's no this. And then that reading book came out about two weeks ago, and this station just went through the roof, went through the roof. Hank is sitting there with a 7.3 share in men in the afternoon, number one by a country mile, the morning show, giant share in men. And I keep hearing people saying, well, this is no spots radio. We've gone from all spots radio to no spots radio and I see somebody like Linda Doyle, who's a sweetheart and a very, very astute sales hole and a very uh, conscientious person, I see her bailing out of here. And I'm saying to myself, something is wrong here. So Friday I'm driving home and I'm listening to Hank, and we come to a break, finally, at long last. We come to a break, and now I hear, da-da-da-da-da, and it's that god-awful, muddy-sounding, distorted PSA that they were playing here on this show the first couple of days when we had almost no spots. And I'm thinking to myself... Afternoon, uh, you know, get this picture. Afternoon drive, Friday afternoon, top-rated show, and they're playing PSAs. And Hank, they'll even have time to go take a leak or maybe a (laughs) whatever he had to go take there at the uh, golf tournament, because there's no spots. And it suddenly dawned on me, thinking long and hard about it this weekend, that Luann is the asshole up in sales. And of course, you probably don't know Luann, but maybe we'll get to know her better. Maybe we'll make her into a celebrity because it seems to me that there's something missing here, because the people who are responsible for selling 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., other than ball games, they're the ones who evidently, even if we had a 40 share, they couldn't sell a glass of water to a starving Arab for like uh, one ruple, whatever the hell the Arabs have got. What do the Arabs have, besides B.O.? Now, what kind of uh, dinero do they use in the, uh, huh? Good question. See, even you, Mr. Smarty Pant, don't know the denomination of the uh, things that they use over there. The Russians have got their roubles. The Dutch have got their guilders. The Italians have got their lira. What do the what do the Arabs have besides a militant anti-Semitic attitude, which is self-hating because they're Semites? anyway? you all started it. Yeah, we did, and we're proud of it. So, at any rate, I'm beginning to understand that maybe Luann is the asshole upstairs in sales. Because there seems to be like a little bit of a problem here. And we have sales managers quitting every week and coming back every week. And there seems to be nothing but absolute chaos up there. Up there meaning upstairs on the third floor here at the uh, Power 96 complex. Now, if I were involved upstairs, which I'm not, what is it? Dinar. Dinar. No, it's not time even for lunch yet, much less Dinar.
5: Real's. We're getting a whole bunch of stuff.
4: We don't really care, to be honest with you, okay? It was just just a little uh, thought there because I backed myself into a corner, and I didn't know fill in the blank. Whatever kind of money that those barbarians use, that was the point. She couldn't sell them a glass of water. She couldn't give it away for free, and the uh, water either, okay, is what I'm hearing. Well, maybe not that part, because there's something seriously wrong here.
1: That f***ing bitch.
4: Which is maybe why, you know, the Beasleys are a little tight with their money, why we still got that muddy-sounding cart machine over there, (laughs) like that which I thought they had that solved. And then George was telling me the story about the production studios over there, and Duff is wringing his hands and wondering what the hell it's all about. Of course, he's always been wondering what it's about since he came here. Now, Luann, we're not going to be able to straighten her ass out. I think she's, uh, maybe she would better take a demotion. That seems to work very well. Look how much Gary Sarner has straightened himself out. Oh, he hasn't? Well, like I said, Luann, it's been nice knowing you, sweetheart, but uh, get with it already, will you? I mean, this sales department, I thought you were, I thought that all those months that you were working in production, When I was in limbo having a great time, I thought you were exaggerating. I thought you were joking. And then I came over here and we have like a lot of our own spots, which most of them we brought with us. But other than that, I'm telling you, if they took all the trade-outs, God only knows what this place is getting on these trade-outs. But if they took all the trade-outs off the log on this radio station, we'd have to have a tank of oxygen for each show just so we could continue talking that long without any interruptions. It is absolutely unbelievable, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So somebody somewhere must be living out high off the hog, I'll tell you that, because they got trade-outs for everything in this joint. Couldn't we trade out a couple of cart machines? Oh, I'm sorry, that has to do with radio. We don't want to do that. Couldn't we possibly do that? Could we trade out like something that might benefit the, the radio station? We don't want to do that. Greg's got his car, and this one's got this, and this one's got a few cruises on the side, and yeah, we got a lot of incestuous stuff going on here. Too bad we didn't hire Steve Nickel to be PD. Then we wouldn't have had to have it. We could have really operated a sheep operation. There would have been no programs, just spots all day. I'd have brought my shopping cart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. It's just shocking to me to see I mean, how it, you, you can talk about rating successes only to a certain point, but you can only get a certain share of the audience. And at that point, if you still don't have people that can go out and sell it and make a, make a, a profit, then you've got a real serious problem, which is why the radio vultures in this market are circling over on this gray, dank, rainy, windy, nasty, horrendous, grotesque day on which the turnpike was an absolute nightmare this morning northbound which, thank God, I was going southbound. And all you rubberneckers, by the way, are a bunch of assholes, as usual. But on this day, you can look up there, even in the middle of the murk and the mung in the sky, you can see the vultures swirling around right over this building, and I'm sure over on Sheridan Street, just waiting for this operation to go belly up so they can come swooping in and add it to their collection. Because that's not what it is in radio, as you know, and I told you this a couple of years ago when they started this insanity at the FCC and they let everybody gobble up uh, the radio stations, a few companies. It's like collecting. It's like collecting baseball cards. We collect radio stations and TV stations. And unless somebody gets their as in gear upstairs, you know, when you have people that are telling you that they've been owed money for eight months or nine months, when you're hearing about these cart machines so that the spots and promos, on it, see, I have to wonder about some of these other people that work at this joint. There's such a thing as pride. I mean, granted, not everybody's got the same kind of clout, can open up a big mouth, but how long can you just keep coming in and working for a goddamn paycheck and not say, hey, you know what, this sounds like crap. Am I right? How long can you just fumble your way through life without demanding just a little bit of excellence? Maybe not a lot of excellence, but just a little goddamn bit. Guys, bunch of wimps. They're the sports guys. They're a bunch of wimps. Like Al Goldstein said, a bunch of faggots.
1: That's a gay club, you
4: moron. Right on, Al. And quit eating so much. Which I could talk a lot about that, too, about the eating business. The eating business. About everybody you know, like uh, presenting you with food. Putting food in front of your face. I guarantee, I predict right now I'll never see the first of March if this if the food thing doesn't stop. And by the way, Ma, no lunch tomorrow, sweetheart. Yeah, the food thing has got to stop or I'm going to be dead. And yes, Howard Kleinberg, I did buy a bag of M&M's at the arena at the hockey game on the uh, Tampa game Saturday. And you want to know why I bought a bag of M&M's? Besides your week. Besides being weak and hungry. Three o'clock game, okay? So I didn't really eat a lunch, which is a mistake. We get there. And I get a weenie. They don't have the Polish sausage anymore, which stunk and smelled real bad, but they have weenies that stink and smell real bad. Like maybe they once had foreskin real recently, and they weren't washed off. Maybe there's a little pecorino in that uh, in that weenie. How come it is that at the stadium, at PP Park, a lot of the food, not all of it, but a lot of the food is pretty damn good. And in the last few years, they've had all kinds of stuff. They not only have the Arepa Queen over there, but they got burgers, and they got all kinds of uh, deli sandwiches, and they got got uh, all kinds of stuff over there. But it's the Miami arena. I'm going to tell you, and I don't think that uh, we can blame this one on Baldy there. I don't think he has any control over it. I think it's Mickey Arison and those bastards who must have some kind of incestuous deal with some kind of grotesque food uh, concessionaire or whatever they call them. The food in the Miami arena is unfit for human consumption. And ordinarily, I have my uh, diet soda, and that's it. That's that's the extent of my uh, imbibing at the Miami arena is a diet soda. That's as, as dangerous as I'll get. And I'm going to tell you that that wiener that they put on that, I'm going to tell you something that if anybody ever would eat one intentionally again, they must be desperate. And the same starving Arab in the desert who wouldn't buy the glass of water from Luann upstairs would definitely not eat that wiener, even if it were kosher. I'll guarantee you that right now.
3: Listen, if you.
1: Do it on QAM. Put that in back on again. I want what they had before. He's not my kind of guy. <coughs> what the hell are they doing anyway? With the manly sounding guy who's really gay. I want more Chris Moore. buffs voice is real high. <coughs> When I listen to the sports, a manly voice won't get my attention, but will really get me sipping the shorts. A squeaky high voice will give me an erection. Just, well, I hate what you are doing on QAM. Putting that bracket back on again. I'm going to miss here and straighten in with voice of this high. Now I'll have to get deeper in that closet again, so I can impress all the macho friends. Check out Chris Warren's night to help the tail the side. Yeah, there ain't nothing like having macho sports guys. whose voice has to some cracks. since they were 12 years old. Yeah, can't go like that. Yeah, stand up real close to the radio and press it down. Get their voices on up there. Really makes my balls. They and that crow man, well, he's smarter than my inbred brother. Yep. <laughs>
3: Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello.
1: Yeah. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah. Listen. Um. I hear you talk a lot about uh, your ratings, and I've listened to your show now for a couple weeks, and...
4: Uh, and you don't like it, and you're still listening?
1: Well, I'll tell you the truth, I mean, it's the same old shtick every day. Yeah. So the, only, the only listening? reason that you're Let me reading, ask you,
4: why are you listening for reason two weeks, because you re- want to call up and critique and keep talking and not take a breath? Well, do you want to have a conversation, or do you want to uh, make a speech?
1: I just want to... I want to say that do you... you want, want to talk- make a
4: speech, or do you want to have a conversation?
1: Let's have a conversation. I'm listening. You have... You talk about your ratings, but let's
4: face it. Sir, you. I have never talked about ratings because I don't have any ratings on this station. Because I haven't true. been here long enough. Uh, a
1: couple weeks ago, I heard you say you got the early returns or something was. No, I did
4: not. Those were ratings for the rest of the station. They were not ratings on this show okay. because the ratings for this show didn't start till the 8th of January, and we won't have those for another two or three weeks. So but, you're you're mis you're misconstruing, if I can use that term, what I said.
1: But the reason that you're saying that your ratings are going to be good is because of your show. I say it's Sir, the follow are the. First
4: show, team. the ratings for this show at nighttime, the ratings in the morning, the, ra- the ratings are going to be good because of what?
1: Because you follow the first Sir, team. the ratings
4: of the midday show that preceded me on this station were the worst ratings of any show on this station, and they followed the first team, okay? Okay. So let's you- come up with your next cockamamie that- story. Let me ask you, how come I had big ratings on IOD for nine years and we didn't have the first team on our show? Was it because I followed Mike Ranieri?
1: Well, I didn't listen, so I don't
4: know. Oh, so you don't know. Okay, and you also don't know about here because we don't have any well, ratings for this show and yet.
1: lost the fact that Hank follows you. Oh, so, so Hank follows why... me, so
4: people tune in at 10 in the morning. And also, let me say it again, when I was on IOD, when Hank was working there, he was on 8 o'clock at night. So you're telling me people tune in 10 in the morning because Hank was on 8 o'clock at night?
1: Well, the
4: last thing I... Well, no, why do you listen to this show, sir? I want an honest answer. Don't give me this bull crap that you don't know what you're talking about. Why do you listen to this show because for two every... solid weeks?
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because every time you open your mouth, your brains fall out, okay? Yeah. And it's yeah. enjoyable to listen to that. Well,
4: congratulations. Cool. I'm delighted that you enjoy it, pal. Because every time you open your mouth, it falls out, and we're enjoying it, too. No, yeah, I have high ratings because I follow the first team. You should live so long, pal.
5: And because Hank follows you. And because
4: Hank is on after me. That's very good logic. Be glad. Hey, you're hired, Pat. You're our new PD. You're the new uh, Fluff Lindsay.
5: Thank you, Lucky Stars. You got two shows to prop you up like That's that. That's
4: right. Thank the Lord. How did I ever make it at an IOD and Zeta and W. Snooze and all those other stations without these guys to, uh, to help me along, to give like, me a walker, like a my he aluminum walker? Think. And I was on here talking about my ratings, which aren't even out yet, so you have no clue what you're talking about, my psychotic little friend. Go back to your Playgirl magazine and leave us alone. Here's a mobile in uh, Delray. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Great show. Yes it is.
7: You're no sports babe, but hey, what are you gonna do? Thank God. You drive a silver vet with uh, Panther plates?
4: No I don't.
7: Okay, I passed one last night, I thought maybe it was you. Not me. Yeah, what that guy he called about Mandy said he basically had a right Mandy was just thinking out loud about what
1: Frank was saying to uh that woman up in the room, so but um I wanna bang
3: you in the butt, honey.
1: And then uh, the other one too.
3: And then the other one like Oh my god, your breasts are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Bob and Tom's all right, but it'd be like you having a laugh track or George laughing in the background it just gets on your nerves. Well,
4: I don't, I don't agree. I mean, I realize they can do too much of that stuff, but I—it's uh, just part of their show. There are a lot of morning shows where they do that. Hey, in fact, on Howard Howard's show when they had all those people in there with him, they do the same thing. There's a half a dozen people yucking it up in the back. Yeah,
1: but I don't think it's as bad as Bob and Tom. Well, it's just for some reason, you know, I don't worry about, I worry about that. I worry—I
4: worry about whether I like the material or not, and whether I think it's funny, not whether somebody else is laughing at it.
1: There you go. Well, in closing. Neil, how come they can say piss on the other show and you can't say it?
4: Yaman. on. Okay, we can't say what? We can't say piss on this show? I didn't know that. Now, let's see. We can say it as a noun or a verb or an uh, adjective. I don't know how the hell we can say it. We say whatever the hell we want, all right? If managers can come on and talk about uh, banging people in the butt, we can say whatever the hell we want. I want to bang you in the butt, honey. In fact, I'm going to start wearing a jockstrap, and then you'll be amazed at what I'm going to be able to say.
2: Please
1: don't say the F word. Oh, Neil, my queen, God. That damn faggot. I can't stand it. I can sit down, I want to hop inside My company car Are you? I got it, the ticket The the It's out of my hand I'm gonna make it You a radio star I'm going to save our baby I can do anything I want to do You're a woman And I'm gonna be Consulting you I'm giving that phone i a crap joke, gotcha. And a formula I've got the power I've got the power To hold and control You <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I do. I have a way to get you your own show at a station down in Hollywood. And I don't care if your ratings are low, just as long as you can stroke me good. I'm the Sabo, baby, and you'll do anything I want you to. I'm your consultant woman, Save your legs when I desire you. I'm gonna bone ya, I'm i got a, a real dog That's why I'm a consultant, cause I'm just an asshole. Oh
4: so what is a walter sabo anyhow
1: i
2: had one in my mouth once
4: so bill tanner gives me a card from walter sabo from some uh, broadcasters meeting that they just had and it's from sabo media It says bill you are truly one of my heroes signed ws isn't that boy i put that in my i put it right in here right down in there it's a good place for it okay let's go to a lady in uh, hollywood hello
2: hello yes ma'am is neil yes it is okay i have a couple of questions for you go right ahead okay um, is it true? Now I'm a first time caller. I called yesterday. When you hung up. me. Like, please don't hang up. Please
4: Why please did me. I hang up on you? You must have been obnoxious in the. I session.
2: said a curse word and I didn't mean to. Oh,
4: okay. Don't do it again.
2: Okay. so yeah. I tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, is it true that you are a fat Jewish fag? Yes. You are. Yes. It is true. Uh huh. And? What's wrong with us beautiful Jewish women? I'm a Jew.
4: So what does that have to do with anything? Are you a Jewish dyke or what?
2: No, I'm a Jewish female. So do your
4: thing, honey. Do your thing.
2: But I don't understand.
4: You don't understand what?
2: You don't like Jewish women at all?
4: I don't like any women from a sexual standpoint. No, I do not. I'm a fag. Do you understand? Do I have to draw you a diagram, lady? Have you ever heard of that before? I mean, I know Jewish women tend to be somewhat repressed and, like, in the uh, Dark Age, but have you ever heard of a fag? Do you know what that is? Yes, Does that but really all my develop? friends
1: are good faggots.
4: So, so what are you asking me the question for? In other words, I don't understand. Are, in I other understand. words, you have no material. Is that it?
2: No, I have material. Well, let's hear it. Well, okay. Um, you know, number one, I think Howard Stern tries to be like you. Yeah. Number two... So,
4: no. like I said, you have no material.
2: Can I say a bit?
4: No, you ready? can't, no. Don't ever put that bitch on again. Can you believe this? You, lady, you are so pathetic, and it, it takes me back to the days when I would say, "Oh, we have no women calling. Today. Where are the women?" Trust me, we have some women listening. Listen would be a good idea. If you have something really to say, like once in a great while, fine. But if not, don't press yourself. That's f***ing bitch. Exactly. Don't push it. God Almighty, desperate. And she wonders why I don't like Jewish women. Talk about a rhetorical question. God, here's uh, Miami. Hello. Hi,
1: Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, I just want to tell you I've been listening to you since high school, man. It's been about seven years. And now.
4: here I am. I'm still here.
1: I love you, man. I love you. I just want to thank you so much for getting me to wake up and open my eyes and realize that religion is a bunch of crap.
4: Congratulations. Because I
1: was uh, watching that thing about last night, how they executed that woman. Yeah. I don't know how your stance is on it, because I just got out of class. I didn't hear you earlier this morning. But, I mean, hey, look, she killed somebody. With she was pick, convicted with an in a court
4: of law. She had due process. They found her guilty. They sentenced her to die, to be executed. They executed her, and now life goes on.
1: I mean, you know what? And women want equal treatment. Well, there you go. Yeah, if they're executing men, and go ahead and execute some
4: women. Amen. You live like by the 40 like you die like by that, Like that Jew bitch I called about three calls ago. I say fry her ass before uh, midnight. She
1: sounds like a real idiot. And you know, what? I don't think she has any gay friends because she says faggots. She probably doesn't have any. She's gay.
4: probably a bull dyke.
1: Probably. Probably got
4: blow up dolls of Roseanne.
1: <laughs> have a right. good day, amigo. <laughs> Take
4: it easy. there, Chief.
3: Coming soon from directors George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola, the newest chapter in the Star Wars saga. When the heads of two families collide in space, they become Star Wars. With an all-star cast, James Earl Jones as Darth Vito and Marlon Brando as Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: You should not have come back, old man. Your powers are weak. You can't win, Doc. If you strike me down now, my family will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. When I left you, I was Buckley winner. Now I, am Only a master of evil, though. Al Pacino as Han Solo Neo. Come on, come on, Grito. You want some of me? Come on, you're going to mess with the best. Say hello to my little friend. Sylvester Stallone as Chewbacca-lock. Yeah, yeah. the-
3: yeah, the- yeah, no, hey, yeah. sure, sure. what are you talking yeah. about? Huh? What are you yeah. About? Yeah. 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 English with new feature footage never before seen of the ominous Don Java.
1: Han, me bambino, es Frida Grido You
3: must know how come Han Solo Mio turned Grido into an egg and potato pie. Tony Danza as Luca Skywalker.
1: Yoda? it Jonathan? <laughs> Welcome, my son. You must go to the Dago Bar. Dago Bar? Is that in the swamp? No, it's a bar on 7th Street where all the guys hang out. You must go there and learn the ways of the sauce. The sauce? The sauce is what gives a Jedi his powers, his energy. Where is the sauce? It's in my kitchen, it's in your kitchen. It grows between the sausage and the ravioli, the pasta and the meatballs. It combines everything together with special
3: guest appearance by Joe Pesci as Princess Leone. Let
2: me understand something. You're going to rescue me. I need your help. It's bad enough i got to stand over here with some f***ing raisin buns in my hair. And I your f***ing help. You're going to come in and take a hold of my situation. I don't f***ing think so. It's you, your friends, and the walking f***ing carpet over here and get the f*** out of here.
0: You haven't seen anything until you've
3: seen everything. And don't miss the final chapter of the saga, Return of the Judai. Coming soon to a temple near you.
6: May the soft
5: be with you.
4: If your
6: carpets are